Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today, we're discussing Chapter 16 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, A Very Frosty Christmas. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around, donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And we have Wizard Team merch. So head over to our website to set up your nerd fashion and stationery game. You may, perhaps, see some new designs on there. Maybe. I don't know. Just go check. You didn't hear it from me. They might be there. Yeah. They might not be. Um, it is. Keep them on your toes. <laughs> I don't keep secrets. <laughs> New stuff. I mean, they they are there. It's not really a secret. I was just trying to be coy about it. But I don't do that, coy. So. <laughs> if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you have been supporting us and you want to support us in other ways, rate and review us on iTunes. You can also rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast, but then take that review, copy, paste, control C, control V, or whatever it is on whatever computer you're using because I just had to ask <laughs> IT to help me get caps lock off of a PC <laughs> and he pressed shift twice. Who does? What? What? But also I felt very embarrassed. Anyway, copy paste and whichever fashion your computer lets you do that into iTunes, Apple podcast door thingy because it matters. Thanks. In, indeed. Um, also subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah, with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can do that at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. Or sorry, just blackgirlscreate.org. I'm on autopilot. And now for Wizard Team News. We are going to be at LeakyCon 2018. So next wizard team will be happening where the next wizard team, when the next wizard team drops, we'll be at Leaky. We'll be on our way. We'll be on our way to Leaky. Um, But if you are going to be there or if you are in the Dallas area and you want to talk Potter things with your Potter friends, um, we will be in Dallas August 10th through the 12th. We're going to do a meetup of some sort. I'm going to do that thing I was supposed to do but have not done. Um, I mean, we only talked about it yesterday, so. Yes, but. I feel it. There are lots of things that we that I said I was going to do. Right? Constant vigilance. Anyway. <laughs> Girl, I feel so. I don't know what happened. And I think it's because of Leaky. Like, all of a sudden, I feel like I have a thousand things to do and I have no time to do them. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously I have time to do them and it's going to happen. But, like, right now I feel a little frantic. Not going to lie. I get it. I feel the same. Anyway, follow us at LeakyCon on Twitter and go to – or not follow us. Follow LeakyCon at LeakyCon on Twitter. <laughs> go to LeakyCon.com for info on special guests and more. We just got a, or a new special guest was just announced, Dan Fogler, if you're into those movies about Beast but aren't. That aren't fantastic. Yeah. 
Because, you know, Grindelwald is a beast. It's not a fantastic one. Magical birthdays. Yay! We have a lot. We have a lot of magical birthdays. So Monday was Neville Longbottom's birthday. Neville! So shout out to Neville. Greatest Gryffindor to ever do it. I don't know if it's actually true, but he's up there. I, I um, would say he is. Well, I, I would mean, say so, right? Like, I just kind of said it without thinking about it. But then, like, Hogwarts has been around for thousands of years, and there are a lot of stories that we don't know. <clears throat> cough, cough, JK Rowling, stop telling us the same story. <laughs> but of the stories that we do know, I'd give it to Neville. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, yesterday, was Harry Potter and JK Rowling's birthday. So, shout out to Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, who are the reason why we are... They're the um, reason for the season. ...doing this podcast. The reason why we're here. So, shout out to them, and shout out to July 31st um, for being the reason why we're here. Yeah. And then today, Wednesday, we got team members. What? So, shout out to Lauren and Jasmine. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. That's it. I'm done. I'm not going to keep that. Awesome. Lit. Happy birthday, y'all. Um, cool. Let's let's get in. That was, I felt like that happened really Yeah, we did a good quick. job. I like that. Previously on Wizard Team, Ron is using Lavender to get back at Hermione for something that Hermione did that had nothing to do oh, with him two oh, years ago. Oh, you know how I said we were going to do a good job, but then I just realized that I want to talk about this last week but i didn't think about it till after we stopped recording do you think that ron knows that he's using lavender or is this like a subconscious thing yes like do you i think he knows and i think the reason i the re i think it's probably both i don't know that he necessarily saw lavender and was like i'm going to use her specifically to get back at hermione but i do think that that like i think if somebody had pointed it out he might deny it but it's not like it's not true you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it might be subconscious, but I also don't think so. Because every time somebody mentions Lavender, then, like, two seconds later, he's like, okay, but do you think Hermione really did this thing? So, I don't know. It's like, it's it's kind of a... I think he maybe wants to like Lavender. Yeah. Um, and, and also feels good about being with Lavender because she gasses him up and is somebody who wants to snog him. Right, so these so are like really important low things level when you're kind of. 16. They're important, but they're also like very shallow kind of things. Not like I like her as a person, or like I would actually want to spend time with her. And like we'll see in this upcoming, uh, we'll see in the chapter that we have to read uh, or that we're about to read that like he doesn't even really know her. Like they don't really talk. They do not. Lavender so is not kinda, exceptionally loquacious. He's more of a physical. Exactly. She's a physical She's being. A physical exactly. Being. So it just, so in my, so maybe if, maybe it, it's one of those situations where like he's doing it and then in retrospect, he'll be like, wow, I definitely use Lavender to get back to Hermione. So maybe it's not like as, um. Conscious. Yeah. Or like as deliberate, but that is what he's doing. Cause I was thinking about it and this part of Ron seems quintessential fuckboy who like, <clears throat> Sorry stealing a line from Insecure. Shout out to Issa Rae for getting it right. He seems like a Lawrence. Like, he's a he's worse than a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy who thinks he's a nice guy. Yeah. And I think that he subconsciously knows what he's doing. Like, like, he's obviously using Lavender to 
get back at Hermione for some perceived slight, make her jealous, let her know that he's got options, whatever the fuck. Um, but is also, and also not, and, and also Ginny for calling him out. Um, so I don't think it's like all about Hermione. It's mostly about, it's like right. 78. It's like 83% about Hermione. And then I think that I was thinking, I was wondering like what he was telling himself. I don't know what it is, but I was thinking that I don't think that if Ron was confronted about using lavender, he would acknowledge that. Like if he's confronted about trying to make Hermione jealous, he would be like, yeah, but I don't think he realized. Right, he would like admit it. He'd be like, he'd be like, yeah, I mean, lavender is just a way to get back. Well, at no, like, I don't think he would say, say lavender is just a way to get back at Hermione. I think he would be like, yeah, it's, you know, if Hermione is jealous and it is what it is. But if mm-hmm. you take Hermione out of the equation and say you're using lavender, like you're doing a mm-hmm. bad thing to lavender, to lavender, I don't think yeah. he would recognize that that's what he's doing. Right. And in the chat, Delia says she thinks that Ron knows that he doesn't like her, but is thinking, oh, I'm just having fun making out with a pretty girl. Um, does he know he's also using her to throw in Hermione's face up for debate? And Amani says he thinks it's both. He's on 10 to make Hermione jealous, but Lavender is also feeding his insecurities. And mm-hmm. Delia responds. Right. So it's not like she doesn't like being, it's not like he doesn't like being with Lavender. He just... It's like the convenient thing at that at this right. point, right? Like it's like he so is able to kind of like I don't know. He it makes he she makes him feel like how he would like to feel all the time right. and like how he feels he deserves to be treated all right. the time. Right. And so Delia in the chat says this without any like work. Right. Says this really well. That, she says Lavender is the first pretty girl to pay attention to Ron and he's soaking it up knowing full well he doesn't care about her as a person. And that in and of itself is shitty. If he knows he's also mm-hmm. playing with Hermione and her feelings, it's total trash. And that she's going to have to throw Ron, throw away the whole Ron for the book. I read that it's throw Ron away for the whole book, <laughs> but throw away the whole Ron. The reason why I think, I, I the reason why I brought this up is I think that what Delia says is true. Like, she like Lavender is the first pretty girl to pay attention to Ron. I think the shitty thing is, is that he never, even while he recognizes that he likes Hermione and possibly loves her, he never thinks of Hermione as a pretty girl. And so he right. doesn't think of her as, as a way to feed his insecurities. Right. Like if you even just think about. Right. The way like it's that- also the thing about being noticed. Right. So because one of the reasons why he makes out with Lavender in the middle of the Gryffindor common room is because it's not just that he wants Hermione to see them because he does want her to see them and to be upset about it. But he also wants everyone in Gryffindor to know that he's kissing Lavender. Right. So. And if it was, you know, Millicent Bulstrode, he could probably possibly use Millicent to make Hermione jealous, but would not be flaunting it all around because like, like we saw in the Yule ball, he, he doesn't put stock in other qualities besides attractiveness and not Mm -hmm. even like what he finds attractive, but like, 
the oh my, like society's version of attractive, right? Because yeah. Hermione is described as being plain, but there's something about her that he's attracted to, possibly the fact that her, her brains and the fact that she hasn't thrown the whole Ron away after six <laughs> years when she definitely should have and had plenty of reasons to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to ask the question. Let us know on the tweets and the grams and the books and send an owl if you'd like and on the slacks what you think about Ron if he would recognize that he is using lavender. We all know he's he knows that yeah. he's trying to make Hermione jealous, but does he know that he is treating with lavender like shit in the process? Is my question. Right. Real. Um, cool. Also, the girls, specifically Ramil Devane, has no goddamn chill and is trying to poison Harry so that he will to make a whole new generation of Voldemorts up in this piece. Basically, with Harry Potter, which is ironic, but also disgusting. Hermione is like, boy, if you don't find yourself a date, you're gonna be in trouble. And then Harry asks Luna Lovegood out as a friend to the slug club party. Which is awesome. Because Luna's never been asked out as a friend. As a date. And so she's very excited about it. She got hoes in multiple area codes. As a friend, it's a new experience for her. And she thought, mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get back at Ron, Hermione decides to go to the slug club party with Cormac McLaggen. Which ends up not being great because Cormac is full of himself and possibly also an maybe potentially assaulted her. <laughs> yeah, I was like potentially assaulted her as well. So it wasn't a great night for her. Um, we met a vampire. We also met Eldred Warple, who is dying to write Harry Potter's autobiography. Sixteen years um, does not an autobiography make. You can't even make a novel in sixteen chapters. Like that's a novella or whatever. Let's not talk about. Let's not talk about writing <laughs> I'm novels. Sorry, um, but but yeah, no. So yeah, skipping over novels. Um, Luna is, brings up the Rot Fan conspiracy. Professor Trelawney is intrigued and would like to know more. I too would like to know more. Um, she is also angry at Ferenz and has resorted to using um, slurs. Slurs. So there's that. Um, but also she's going, I mean, not to excuse her using a slur. I'm just saying she's also going through some things. Trelawney is having a rough time. Um, but it does not mean that she should resort to. Oh, no. So Malfoy gets caught by Filch. Um, and says he was trying to sneak into the party, which was a lie. And then Snape takes Draco out, and they argue. Oh, Harry follows, because he doesn't know how to mind his business. And he overhears them arguing, overhears that Snape made the unbreakable vow to his mom. And Draco's like, I don't care. I don't want your help. And Snape's like, but what are you doing? I just want to help. And Draco's like, you're terrible. Leave me alone. And Harry is like, I was right. And that's kind of where we left off. Feel like that was it. Yep, but also yeah. Harry took away our opportunity to hear more about the Rothspain oh. conspiracy. Chapter sixteen: A very frosty Christmas. Um, so Snape was offering to help him. He was definitely offering to help him. If you ask me once more, said Harry, "I'm going to stick this sprout." I'm only checking, said Ron. <laughs> 
Um, so they're at the burrow peeling sprouts for Mrs. Weasley. Um, yes, Snape was offering to help him, said Harry. Um, an unbreakable vow, said Ron. He can't have. And Harry's like, what does that mean? What is an also, unbreakable vow? Also, I'm sorry. Like, he's in his sixth year. What does Hogwarts do if not teach the children? What the unbreakable vow is? Isn't that, would that be a charm or a defense? I That's think, a, charm, like right? a charm, But even. Because it's not a jinx because it's consensual. Right. But even still, like, I just feel like, even if you're, like, even with horcruxes, which I kind of understand, but if I'm in, like, I don't know, civil engineering class or something, and I want to, or I want to be, or, like, forensics class, and I want to be a forensic investigator or whatever, like, I would need to learn all of the different ways in which people kill people so that I can learn how to figure out what those things are. If mm-hmm. I'm in charms, like you can say, um, this is not like, it can be a theory discussion. You don't need to teach them how to do an unbreakable vow, but like, how does Ron know what this thing is? And Harry doesn't like, it's obviously. And so what it seems like, it feels like one of those, like, and I guess as we get further into the books, when it comes to things like spells, it's harder to, when it comes to things like spells, it's harder to kind of understand, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like before in, in, in the earlier books, Ron was kind of that person who kind of explained and was like the liaison for Harry into the magical world, right? right? Like he's the person who tells him things but, that like, he, he does know, like, not know. But it's harder like when it's... The, the ministry, what Azkaban is. Exactly. Like these... And that's what I'm saying. Like things that could easily be taught in class or like things that are like specifically about spells, it seems at this point, at this stage in the books... Um, seems like it wouldn't really make as much sense. Or there could but I also, be like a throwing like, of like, I mean, Hermione's not here or something, and so I, I guess it doesn't. Right. It wouldn't make sense for Ron to be like, we learned about that third year, remember? You know what I mean? But like, right. And I think that's one of the problems is that, and it's not a problem, but more like one of the um way the reasons that I think it ended up happening this way is because. Unless we see a lesson about them learning the unbreakable vow, it would feel weird for Ron to then say, like, we learned about this Ron thing. Ron doesn't pay attention to you know what I mean? as much as Harry does it. Right. Or even if, even, even if Hermione were to say it, I think that, like, it would have had to be mentioned. Like, we would have had to be able to clock it other than seeing Snape and Narcissa do the thing. We would have been able, we should, we would have had to be able to recognize well, it without Ron saying that's something. that's true, I because guess. I feel like even... Like a lot of times, Hermione will like reference it like it's in it's in a book or it's in a like you know it's in a school book, and we never saw that lesson or mm-hmm. where they were covering that chapter. Um, so I don't think it needs to be like we're sitting in the class and they learn about it. No, I don't think it needs to be we're sitting in the class. I think it needs to be like today we learned or like in Transfiguration or not sorry in times we they like. Flitwick gave a lecture on unbreakable vows. And that could be it. It doesn't have to say what they are or where they came from or anything. It could, or like, it could be like Harry was looking through a book and saw something on unbreakable vows, but see, skipped I, over it. But I like totally, something that knows that like, at the very least we would be and I just kind of, because I totally think, so we're seeing this through, we're like, unfortunately, the narrator is following Harry. So it's quite, like yeah. there are tons of things that are happening in lessons 
And we do get a lot of, like, after terms, they met up in the Great Hall, you know what I mean? So, like, we don't see the terms, but we know that they came out of that class or or whatever. Um, But because we're following Harry, I think it's totally fine if Hermione or Ginny or whatever is like, you don't know about Unbreakable Vows, we learned about that third year. Because Harry's not paying attention. His mind is wandering off thinking about Quidditch, and that's what we're reading about. But in the larger world, they've learned it. Either way, I just feel like this, the way that they do it here, um, it's like Fred and George tried to get me to do one, which I'm skipping ahead, but yeah. Um, and that's how Ron found out about it. But like, how did Fred and George know about it? Right. And so that was my thing because initially I was going to say like, maybe because like, because when we see it happen, it's Snape and Narcissa, and these are obviously like adult wizards, mm-hmm. right? So they know advanced magic. So in my head, it's advanced magic. But then when we see, so so Harry asks what happens when you break an unbreakable vow, and Ron says you die, um, and then says that Fred and George tried to get to make, tried to get um, him to make one when he was five. So they're only seven years old when they're right. doing this then, and that seems. Oh, sorry, one moment. Yeah, I don't think. Bye. Did she just call you white chocolate face? No, she didn't. I think she said bye bye that, chocolate face. But I don't either know. Either way, if she that's was a racial that. slur. What was I talking about? We were talking though? about the unbreakable vow and Fred and George being okay. seven. Meanwhile, Portia got it. Yeah, in so he was seven. About, I bet it was Fred. Well, okay, so this is funny because Portia said I bet it was Fred, and it was funny because I wrote I like circled Fred and George, Portia and George. They both Wait, tried to get him. Apparently, George Portia. That'd be amazing. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did put I put like exclamation points. I circled Anne George and put exclamation points there for Portia. I, I did not write her name in my our, book. Like annotations. But I wrote it for Portia. I want to go through our annotations of like book one when we didn't have the Patronus chat, and then our notes right. in like book six when we're like Portia. <laughs> <laughs> I already know who's gonna be like give me shit about this. <laughs> so so i will say that he was holding hands with fred so that means that he was making the vow with fred but george was the one with the wand who it had to be either molly's or um arthur's george was the one officiating that situation (laughs) so it was both of them equally it was fred and george it was not a mostly fred thing it was not portia (laughs) Portia. (laughs) so julia says and i totally agree with this is that un- the unbreakable vow could be like trigonometry. Not everyone needs to know it because it's advanced, but there is understanding with basic concepts, but no necessary, no not necessary, no necessity to know the details about that sort of advanced magic. So that's kind of like when you're in math class. I'm assuming because I tuned out of math as soon as they started putting letters in that shit. Where do letters come from? <laughs> Who is A? What X got to do with anything? Anyway. But like when you're, but still it, it checks out, right? So there's like pre-algebra. I'm putting air quotes on a podcast, but you know, like where they start talking about these like concepts and they say, you know, you'll get deeper into that later. Mm-hmm. It just makes no sense to me that Harry is still finding out about spell work from Ron. Like, yes, about societal issues and things like that. Um, 
Oh, I have a I have a better one for well, us. So when you were in like an English class, and then so, like a professor mentioned something about comparative lit, or you know, like you're learning about like Regency era British novels, and then they talk. Someone says something about you know, an Afrofuturism took that trope, and you're like, what's Afrofuturism? And they're like, mm, you guys didn't right. have a class for that, and you're like, no, mm-hmm. tell me. But I yeah. that, that might just be me. But you know what I'm saying. But I mean, I think I think the reason why it's a little confusing is because it seems like it should be advanced, but then again, Fred and George are doing this at the age of seven right. with no magical knowledge and with no wand. Like, oh, not like their own wand. I mean, I guess they could also have used um, Bill or Charlie's. I mean, and I also um, feel like it's one but, of those things where they could be pretending, but you just want to stop that. <laughs> In a month. Right. You want right. to stop. You don't even want because, like, what if you get it right? You know, like when people, when kids are like doing like the easy bake oven, and then they decide to pretend with the real oven, and you're like, no, bitch, nah, right, <laughs> like, right. You might fuck around and hurt something. So exactly. So yeah. So it, it's just like it's not clear in terms of like on where on the scale of spells the unbreakable vow is. It feels like. I mean, in the same way with, like, love potions, like, it feels like it should be more difficult just because, like, that shit is mad dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it's just not, it's not clear. Um, anyway, Arthur ran in, or, uh, like, walked in on them, and it was the only time that he'd ever seen Arthur as angry as Molly, which is funny because that's the opposite of me. Like, when I was a kid, my dad was the one who used to, like, be the disciplinarian. And though he calmed down by the time Ikira was born, and I'm still we a little salty about, about that, that, but that's not what the story is. That's not the story. Anyway, my dad used to be the disciplinarian until I was four and I cut my hair. And then my mom was the one who gave me the whooping. So it just, you know, sometimes in different families, it's different parents are, like, the main one. And then one time you piss off the, the one that's usually chill. And you're like, Wow. Really fucked up. Like the time my dad um, had to spank me and I was really upset about it because how dare he betray my trust. Um, and then my mom <laughs> told me later that it took him two weeks to do it. So I got a spanking for a lesser infraction because he couldn't spank <laughs> me during the real infraction so that it was just doubly horrible. That's Oh, so funny, you ain't going to spank not. me when I get an in-school suspension, but you are going to spank me because I was late? What? The details of that might be off, but you get my point. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Fred reckons his left buttock has never been the same since. Yeah, well, passing over Fred's left buttock, I beg your pardon, pardon said Fred. Um, hey! I only read that because it's funny. <laughs> I only read it because it's funny and because Fred and George are the best. And because they're here, um, they're at the borough and it's Christmas time. They're at the and borough. It's Christmas. Working. Christmas in, what is it? It'll be August by the time this drops. So Christmas in August. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait. Oh, oh, George. Oh. Sorry. What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Ah, George, look at this. They're using knives and everything. Bless them. Which is, like, classic older older sibling. Um, and I love Fred and George for that. Like, that's one of the, my reasons, like, one of the main reasons I love when they show up is just because, like, they just come with all of the older sibling shade for no reason. Really. But, like, all of the reason. I'll be 17 in two and a bit months time, said Ron, and then I'll be able to do magic, too. Um, but meanwhile, oh, said George, we can... 
<laughs> yeah. But meanwhile, said George, we can enjoy watching you demonstrate the correct use of a whoopsie-daisy. You made me do that, said Ron, sucking his cut on his thumb. You wait when I'm 17. I'm sure you'll dazzle us with all the hitherto unsuspected magical skills, uh, yawned Fred. <laughs> and speaking of hitherto unsuspected skills, Ronald, said George. <laughs> Ronald. I just love them so much. And also this reminds me of uh, Tony and, and uh, Doctor Strange. He says, hitherto unthought of or something. Girl, hitherto is just a good word. That happened right after my man's got got. And the three times I've watched that movie, I still don't know what went down there because I'm still like, (laughs) but Loki. But Loki. Spoilers, I guess. Damn. (laughs) I I feel that. Um, Also, shout out to Connie who had seen it before. And I knew something was going down because she was staring at me. Yeah. With the, it was a good thing I was sitting between the two of you. smile of now that I think, anticipating that I think about my it. heart. Break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I was sitting between the two of you in that moment because... It was rough. Yeah. Not over it. I might um, do Marvel. So... <laughs> What's it called? Emotional distress. We should all get together, y'all, and do a class action lawsuit about <laughs> emotional distress for Marvel and Shield. Well, but Shield ABC. Is a part of we can get like all that. I guess it's all Disney. I want all the Disney. Yeah, money, is what I'm saying. Okay. So, so George is saying, what is this we hear from Jenny about you and a lo- and a young lady called? Unless our information is faulty, Lavender Brown. And so I like that they come for him too. Like we were talking about the way that they were coming for Ginny at Weasley's Wizard Wheezes and that kind of being an issue. And I still like want to, like the way that they were saying, oh, you're running through boyfriends kind of fast is still like borderline slut shaming her. So that's still not okay. But I appreciate that like they will dish it to Ginny and also to Ron. They're like, okay, Ginny told us this information. <laughs> what do you have to say also, about yourself? I love yourself? that Ginny is like, Stay out of my business, Ron. Don't go telling everybody things you don't know nothing about. But then it's like, oh, but you want to play that game. I'm going to show you how it feels to be cornered right. by Fred and George. Petty. Petty queen. Because you have to, right? Like, you have to be like, mind your right. business. But also, since you want to not mind your business, if, yeah, that's who you I'm can telling. play this game. Mm-hmm. Both and. Um, um, and then, of course, Ron, who doesn't understand at all tells them to mind their own business which is rich coming mm-hmm. from him and all the business he's been minding that is not his everybody business. he's been minding jenny's business he's been minding hermione's business everybody that's not his like they have something to do mm-hmm. with him true so also i sorry i wanted to say this too like i get what you're saying about fred and george being equal opportunity older brothers um but they're and this is going to sound very non-feminist unfeminist of me anti-feminist i don't know what the the term is but the opposite of feminist of me but there are differences in like in saying those things right so it's like yes they're giving they're like going after ron the same way that they went after jenny but because jenny is a girl there are different consequences and connotations to that so they stood like the way that society is set up, 
we it's not like in a vacuum, right? So we can't say like complete gender parity on this issue because mm-hmm. there are different consequences and like perceptions. Yes. So when they come at Jenny that way, slut shaming is like it's you know it's a whole thing about like when a girl does it, she's a slut. When a boy does it, he's a playboy. Like even if Ron is saying mind your business in internally he's still getting a little like we like we just talked about you know what I mean it's inflating his ego a little bit like yeah people mm-hmm. talk about me and my girl and I got you know whatever yeah meanwhile internally to Jenny it's like oh god people are talking about me should I change the way that I behave whether I find that there's anything wrong with it or not mm-hmm. right although I will say Fred and George kind of take it further than just being like, are you dating Lavender Brown? Yes. So it's less, again, it's not as like gendered. It's more, this theirs is, le- is more well, on some sibling shit. Sibling, sibling, sibling stuff, shit. And I guess it is gendered. I'm not going to say it's yeah. not gendered. It is. Um, because the way that they interact with Jenny um, when talking about her relationships is different from the way that they interact with Ron. And, and even they, if the you way that don't they have a difference, like even if they are not seeing a difference or meaning to have a difference. Meaning to have a difference. Even if they don't mean to differentiate and they're not yeah. doing it. Their reactions are right. different. Like when they hear about Jenny, it's more when they talk to her, it's a little more out of concern and it's like, but not concern that really they should have. Right. Um, and when they talk to Ron, they're like, well, we're about to make fun of him. So this is great. It's like the same thing with like so it's a, making fun of someone's weight. Like, I don't know why this came up, but I will make fun of Brandon's weight a lot. And I probably shouldn't. But if he made fun of my weight, it's different because of societal norms and the body issues associated with that that are not associated with a dude like women are like dad bods are a thing now that we're into i mean i think that dudes have to do oh they totally do it just doesn't they totally do i'm not i'm not discounting those things i'm just saying that in the broader sense of society it is perceived differently I mess this up because I'm not very articulate, but you get what I'm saying. I am not a bully. Amani keeps calling me a bully. I'm a little sister. Okay. There's a difference. It's a small but distinct difference. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, what we wanted to know, said Fred, what, how did it happen? What do you mean? Did she have an accident or something? What? Well, how did she sustain, or well, did how did she sustain such extensive brain damage? Careful now. Um, I just, I love them so much. I just, I love them. They're great. Like they're like, really? How did this happen? Does she to know? You? Like there you, had to does been, she know who she's? Have she met? Has she met you? Right. Which because... again goes back to the fact that Lavender Brown genuinely likes Ron. Because right. even his own siblings are like, but wait, like we don't know that much about your year and what's going on, but we do know that she was popular and you are you. 
Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and Delia says, um, Delia I love it, says, they're joking, but they also know he's an idiot. It's great. Mm-hmm. And he is. It's like. That's like that, right. guys. He is. Coming from someone who loves he's, Ron. He's. Idiot yeah, and all. He's great, but. So Mrs. Weasley enters the room just in time to see Ron throw a sprout knife at Fred, who had turned it into a paper airplane with a lazy flick of his wand. Ron, she said, don't you, ev- don't you ever let me see you throwing knives again. I won't, said Ron. Let you see, he added under his breath, which, like, I could never. That's when you know they're I white. Just, like, even when I want to, uh, like. Yeah, because I'm just even, like. No matter how many mm, people you want to race spin, you can never race spin the Weasley. <laughs> we talked in reckless. In her own just, house. Oof. In her kitchen. Like, what? I won't let you see. Because you know, I... if I even thought about maybe saying something like that, it would happen when I'm walking away. <laughs> like, super under my breath. Looking. I might think right. it. Do you remember the I'm not going to say pill? it out loud. Like, Do you what? remember the kid pill I know sketch? he's saying it so she can't hear, but still, that's just reckless. It's right. Gryffindors. Do you remember the key and pill sketch where they're talking about their wives and they're like, I said. Oh, uh-huh. They're like, I said. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you really said it though. Yeah, I really said it. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Ron has to. That is. He has to chill. I remember one like, time yikes. I forgot where I was, and I told my mom to shut up. But I, I meant it the way that you tell your friends, like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And my mom didn't hear that inflection. <laughs> oh. And I was like, I definitely told my dad to like. I told. I've definitely told my dad to shut up one time. Like, and in a, like, because my dad would be saying some, like, wild shit. So, like, now I can tell my dad to shut up and it's not a problem because he knows he says wild shit. And if I'm like, bro, shut up, then he'll be fine. But the first time it happened, I was maybe, like, 13, 14, and I said it. And I was like, and, like, I, it just, like, came out of my mouth. Like, I was talking to my brother right, or something. Right. And, like, and he and he was cool with, like, he didn't, he just laughed, right? Like, he was fine. But the minute I said it, like, oh, I, God. Ooh, like, my stomach, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I was terrified. I was like, oh, shit, did he hear me? Did I just tell him? And I was like, I, do I cover? Do I stop? Yeah. Like, my mom do- also laughed because I think it was <sighs> literally, like, I went, shut up. And she looked at me and I was like. I mean, I meant like, you know, like, shut up, not like, shut up. <laughs> she, didn't even, she gave me the look, but she couldn't even, right. like, do nothing. Because by the time I was, like, backtracking, she started laughing. I was like, <laughs> you know, I meant like, you know, shut up, not shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please exactly. don't hurt me, mama. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah. I just, man, I remember the first time I told my dad that shit, and I was like, man. I remember the first time, because my mom would never let me spend the night at people's houses. And she would always be like, well, they can come over here. I think we talked about this in the podcast before. And I remember the first time going to my friend's house. And I didn't get to spend the night, but I got to have, like, dinner. And we, like, stayed there, like, basically the whole day. And I came home, and I was like, to my brother, I was like, because I didn't want to tell my parents and then never be able to go over there again. I was like, oh, my God. Like, and they're mutual friends. My brother, like, knew them, but they were, like, my friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like. Oh my god, they yell at their mom. <laughs> like and then it's like and and she just takes it. And Brenda's like, Yeah, man, don't think that you can do that though. <laughs> no. Like, we may no. live up here with them. You may no. see you may be able to go to their house, but don't ever. Mm-hmm. Don't ever. like she literally they they would yell at her in anger, and she would be like 
<sighs> and that's it. End of story. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I was sitting there like, cannot relate. <laughs> because like now I'm like, you know, my, my parents are, I'll say they had me young. They had me at the age that I'm at mm-hmm. now. So like, they weren't like, but also I think just because I'm the oldest in the way our, like, just the way our family is set up and the, the way, way it happened, like, I'm not, I'm not their peer and I know that, but like, I'm like a step above my, the rest of my siblings yeah, and you're my like parents, the middle ground. if that makes sense. I'm the middle, the middle I'm like manager of the peer. household. Exactly, exactly. So like, <laughs> there are too. things that I can say to my parents. <laughs> there are things that there are way. there's like a way that I can talk to my parents now that like my brother and sister could not do. And, but I also am like cognizant of that because like sometimes my dad will say shit and I'm like, uh, no, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I'm the only one who would be able to like say, and just like say, to tell him outright, like, bro, what? <laughs> you know like no um yeah no I was just saying like there are things that I can say to them that they that my siblings would not be able to get away with okay yeah so before we move on I just wanted to go into the chat because there are a few horror stories um Amani went to a white friend's house freshman year and the friend pushed his mom's hand away and yelled at her and he ducked it because he knew he was gonna die just from being in the room and even having the gall to associate with this demon. And she just walked away frustrated, which is kind of what happened to me. <laughs> I don't think that there was like a pushing or a slapping the hand away, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. And then Portia said that there was a white girl who lived next door to her in middle school who called her mom the B word to her face and would have loud arguments with her in the front lawn in public for the whole Mm-mm. neighborhood to hear. Mm-mm. I just, I, I don't understand this, uh, this life. And Julia says her best friend growing like, I up just can't. was white and would tell her mom to shut up all the time and her mom would never say anything. That was also my best yeah, friend see, and I, growing up. Mm-mm. And I was always just like, and that's what I'm saying. I will again with the sh- with telling my parents to shut up. Now it's it's only when they say silly, silly shit, and it's always in it's a joking all- manner. It's never like never they say something I don't want to hear, and I'm like, shut up, mom. Never. Like, never. I never in my life. Never. It's never happening. It is never happening. Couldn't even think of. I can't even like what. Can't find a reason. Huh? Mm. I have been mad at my mom, and have purposely like not talked to her. But, like, never told her that I wasn't talking to her. Just, and if she called me, I'd answer. <laughs> like, right. like I, but in my head, I was like, we're not speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that was as far as I got. Woo! Yeah. I just, I don't get this life, but okay. We, we should, should, move, we should on. move on. But if y'all. But yikes. I don't know. This is terrifying. I just don't know that life, and I just feel like even hearing about I it. Just, and means I just want to put this out there. Somebody's gonna come flying through my ceiling. Like what? Right. Do you even think about? I just want to no. put this out there to our listeners. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're grown. Do not take any of these stories as an endorsement to do this to your parents. Least you be murdered and then try to sue us or something because. This is one of those don't try this don't at try home. Don't try this shit at home. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Ooh, I am, I am actually nervous. I live 
legit 500 miles or more from my parents and I'm scared right now. Yeah, I'm just like, my mom still hasn't come home. My dad's all the way in Trinidad and I'm just like, (laughs) where? (laughs) Like, it's It's coming. coming. It's coming. I feel like the phone's going to ring. I heard you were saying, no. No, No. I didn't say shit. I said nothing. We were talking about how them people crazy, mom. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. I am not endorsing this behavior at all. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah. nervous. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Marley, Molly tells Fred and George that they're gonna have that Bill is gonna have to sleep in their room because Remus is arriving. No. Which yay, Remus. Remus. Um, and then because Charlie isn't coming home, it just leaves Harry and Ron in the attic and Floor um sharing with Jenny because even though like Molly's not having none of that. I know y'all are getting married and shit. Y'all ain't gonna right. be that's another in my thing house. <laughs> that I find to be like when I brought Luna home and my mom said that she could sleep in the house, I was shocked. And she's a dog, but <clears throat> I just don't think I don't think I would even pretend to like even I don't care if we were getting in like getting married and we were engaged. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm staying at my parents and are you getting a hotel or you have friends in San Diego because I just don't even want you to think that possibly. Right. Even though at this point, my mom would, my mom would probably put like rose petals on the bed. Try, like, give me some grandbabies. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That sounds, um, yeah, fine, but <laughs> it is. Okay. So I do want to point out, since we're in, like, who's sharing rooms with who, um, this is the first time that Hermione is spending Christmas with her family since she was 11 wow. years old. And only because Ron's acting like a douche. And she don't have mm-hmm. time for it. And only because her and Ron are in a fight. Because I, and I literally, um, yesterday when I was reading this, I had to stop. And, like, I had to check. Because I was like, okay, I know in Chamber of Secrets she didn't because they were doing the Apologies Potion and that was when they wanted to, um, talk to Malfoy. Mm-hmm. And then I had to I had to check Prisoner of Azkaban because I was like, why wouldn't she have gone? And I was trying to look to see why she didn't go, but it didn't it wasn't clear. That was the year where only like thirteen people stayed, mm-hmm. um, and it's the year that she snitched on Harry about the Firebolt. And then uh, Goblet of Fire was the Yule Ball, which is a valid reason to not go home for Christmas. Like literally, no one went home for Christmas, so like fine. And then Order of the Phoenix, she ditched her family vacation. To come to Grimald Place. And like granted Arthur got had gotten injured. But like that's not her dad yet. So it just seems like she ditched her whole family vacation. Also like. For the Weasleys. (laughs) I just. And this is going back to white families versus black families. And where Hermione being black breaks down. It's like she is 17 now right? Yeah. I think, and I, I've, huh, she can use magic. I've at mentioned home. this before, and I, I mean, I guess if she like downplays the Ron relationship and plays up the Jenny relationship, because like I guess I could see her being like, I really want to study and I want to do magic, and I'll write you every day, and I'm gonna stay. Well, with- that was how she, 
that was how she lied about, um, or not lied, but that was how she, no, she lied. That was how she did for Order of the Phoenix. She told them that everyone who's serious is staying for the OWLs and then went to Grandma Place. Yeah. And so I can see that. And only if she's like, I'm staying with my friend Jenny. I'm staying at Jenny's right. house. Jenny, 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 but, Jenny. But they know she hadn't met Jenny. Freshman year. Or Until... freshman year. First year. First Second right, year. first year she goes and stays at the borough. Yeah. No, no, she goes home. Her, she stays at the borough for the first time for Goblet of Fire. So same with, and that's because of Quidditch World Cup or whatever. Um, but I don't know. It just seems like it just it just seems like it's been summers where she's not home, and it's been she. I feel like she stays at home less than Harry stays at. Privet yes. drive, and her parents aren't said to be, aren't known to be very, um, aren't known to be abusive, no. or they're just like mild mannered dentists. Um, and then Delia says, "Why are her parents never even invited around? Like her parents right. were always invited to her best friend's parents' functions that she was at. And even if my parents were not invited, if I was invited somewhere, my parents were dropping me off and giving them the fifth degree." Right. And then I wonder if like partly they don't invite them because they're muggles and maybe it's like a limitations of like the statute of secrecy or some shit, but like But they know that would be the they're only excuse. In, right? That would be the only reason. But they've been to Diagon right. Alley and like so it just seems like I don't know. And then Julia says this too, and this is this has been my thing since I started reading these, is that Hermione's an only child. So it's not like the Weasleys where it's like she got six other siblings and oh we're missing one <laughs> like right she's the like only children are doted on they are the like focal point of their parents unless they're completely like oh you send them to the nanny but being a dentist doesn't mean doesn't seem like a particularly like career driven thing or you mean like like you're like oh, you're a dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You run your own practice yeah. or you work at a practice. Like the yeah. schooling and all that part is where it gets difficult. It's not like I don't know, I'm thinking about like being a lawyer, being a surgeon or something, you know what I mean, where mm-hmm. you're maybe they're emergency dentists, but they live in Britain, so I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Wow, the shade. Um what? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It just it just it seems strange. Yeah. And, like, I'm just glad that, for once, she's... So maybe 12, because she is older than Harry and uh, and Ron and turns... But, like, again, and I've said this she before... She was 12 by the time her first... By the time her first year. As a 12-year-old... Well, no, I'm just saying... More than yeah, a day just, away. No, 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 but I'm saying 12 was the first time... Or was the last time that she stayed. So, like, five years ago was the last time she stayed um, at home for yeah. Christmas. And then... For summers, I guess she had her to the num- the summer of 1992, the summer of 93-ish, because she ended up in, uh, she was in Diagon Alley by herself. Yeah, so 93, she was at Diagon Alley. Oh, no, they went on vacation, and then she went to Diagon Alley, because they were in France or somewhere. And then... Fourth year, Quidditch World Cup. Fifth year, she was at Grandma Place. So she also hasn't spent a summer. But I still feel like when since was, they went on vacation. When was, 
the Quidditch World Cup. They didn't go to the Quidditch that World Cup and year. then go straight. No, I'm not saying which year. I'm like, what time in the summer? They didn't go to the Quidditch World Cup and then go straight to Hogwarts. No, but she stayed exactly. there until they like, went to I could see my parents being like, yeah, go ahead. Go to that Quidditch thing and then come take your, come back home. No, she's like, I'm going to the borough rest for the, the rest summer, of the summer. For weeks. <laughs> And the Weasleys got seven kids, and they out here just right. taking in more, which, I mean, good on them. But and that's like, another thing, because my mom has definitely told me before, with my friends and my, like, family members, when I asked, like, oh, can I stay? Like, I remember one time, like, asking to stay with our aunt in L.A., and my mom was like, she got a kid. She don't want you. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, my yeah. mom was definitely like, they have enough on their plate, and you're not gonna be freeloading right. off of somebody. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not around, so I'm not giving you like just uh, unfettered money and not knowing what you're doing. Like, there's so many things. Mm-hmm. It's not just about like not seeing your family, but like, how much does the Quidditch World Cup cost? Are the Mm-hmm. Are the Weasleys paying for you to go to this thing? Like, I know that Arthur got tickets, mm-hmm. but like, are you, are we reimbursing them for the uh, the campsite? You got to eat, you know. Like, there's right. so many logistics, so many questions. But no, but Hermione is. I don't never home. Never home. All right, moving on. I just felt like that needed to be discussed. It did. Because, like, it always needs come to be discussed. On. That should actually be <laughs> come on. a panel. Leaky Con well, 20, whatever. All right, moving on. Percy, definitely not showing his ugly face then. Ask Fred. Um, no, he's busy, I expect, at the ministry, mm. said Mrs. Says Mrs. Weasley. Or he's the world's greatest or biggest prat, said Fred. So then Don't Fred and George leave because... Wrong. Right, basically. So then Fred and George are leaving, um, and Ron is like, I can come with you. And Fred and George are like, nah, maybe don't throw knives at people, and then they'd want to hang out with you. But they're going down to the village, because there's a very pretty girl working at a paper shop who thinks George's uh, card tricks are something marvelous, almost like real magic. They're adorable. So adorable. But I like that um, they both and go, because, you know, George is a yeah. wing person. Mm-hmm. Portia, they're not Fred. all bad. Oh, yeah. Fred is the wing. Is oh, the Fred wing is man. the wing. Yeah, George needs a wing person, and Fred is the wing man. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Um, That's what I said. I promise... <laughs> um, I promise Dumbledore I wouldn't wander off while I'm staying here, said Harry. So Ron is, like, mad because he's like, they could have taken us. And Harry's like, nah, I can't go anywhere. Um, Which, like, hey, good Harry, on you, Harry. Listening. Responsible for once. Maybe because he also heard that um, uh, Uncle Remus was coming. He didn't want them problems. You went where? <laughs> Boy, we talked about this. Am I just going to have to start whooping your ass now? Is that all I'm going to listen? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so Ron asks... Uh, if Harry's going to tell Dumbledore about Snape and Malfoy, and Harry's like, yeah, Dumbledore's on, on the top of the list. Um, and then Ron is like, of course, Dad and Dumbledore and all of them will say that Snape wasn't really trying to help Malfoy. He was just trying to find out what Malfoy is up to, which is true. 
Um, and then Harry's like, they didn't hear him. No one's as good of an, that good of an actor, not even Snape, which you don't know. And it's false. So like, this is the other thing too, is like, and, and, and Remus says it later, like Harry is just clouded by bias. And like, obviously y'all know how we feel about, about Snape, but Harry at this point is like very clearly biased against him. And so any opportunity or any excuse he has to blame Snape for things that he really doesn't like really doesn't know anything about, he's going to take that opportunity. So he's not going to hear anything about Snape potentially trying to just be, find out what the hell Draco's up to. Or, you know, actually be a decent teacher and human being and stop him from making a that's mistake. That's true. Yeah. No, and that's absolutely true. That's, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying that, like, Harry, on his, right. he's, in the same way that he's going hard on the Malfoy as a Death Eater train, he's also going hard on the Snape is helping Malfoy be a Death Eater, which is not true. Um, and he's not, and he's only doing it because he doesn't like Snape. It's not because he has particular, Fruit. like, he doesn't actually know. <laughs> um, and so, and again, it's one of those things that this is just kind of like bringing up again, it's this whole thing about like, I'm the only one who knows the truth. I'm the only one who can stop X. Um, and it's that being like, I'm going to tell them, but they're going to say that they're not going to believe me about Snape anyway. Um, because I have, it's like the, I have more information on Snape than they do, which is like objectively false. Right. Like, it's just like, he assumes that like, they just don't know when they actually have more information than he does. Um, and that happens literally all the time. Far too often. Um, yeah. So Ron is like, I think Ron thinks that that Harry's right. Um, (laughs) Oh God. And I got to just stand on the chat. The chat is benched. Portia says the irony of saying that Snape isn't a good of an, isn't that good of an actor when he names his child because of his acting skills which i mean you know he doesn't know that yet but also he just shouldn't have named him summers also just because of the way it doesn't roll off the tongue it doesn't albus severus al says no when some when i heard someone say al said i was like shut it down (laughs) (laughs) no reason it's a no it's a no no for me dog Hard, hard like I don't care what the man meant Um, to you. That means that I gotta call your kid Alsev. Don't do it. (laughs) Not worth it. Um. So yeah. So um, Harry. So Ron says seriously. I believe you, but they're all convinced (laughs) Dave is in the order, aren't they? Harry said nothing. Um, it occurred to him that this was that this would be the most likely objection to his new evidence. He could hear Hermione now. Obviously, Harry, he was pretending to offer help so he could trick Malfoy into telling him what he's doing. Um, but this was poor, pure imagination um, because he hadn't had time to tell Hermione what happened because she left before he got back to the slug club. And then when he was, the next day when they were on there, when they were saying goodbye, she, he just, he only had time to be like, I have something to tell you. But then Ron and Lavender were kissing right behind him because they, that is what they do. I still I oh. thought like for a second when he's like, this is pure imagination. I always wish he would be like, just like my theory is pure imagination. He goes into like, <laughs> he's not going to do that. Imagination of Hermione because Hermione is what his conscience sounds like. And that is his conscious way of being like, chill, take two mm-hmm. steps backwards, take two mm-hmm. chill pills and call me in the morning. Yeah. He's not going to no. do that, though. So then, 
so now Harry is like, you know, he's feeling a little, he's feeling smug because he was right about Malfoy. And he has told Ron multiple times, I told you so. But also, again, like, and we've talked about this. It's not so much about Harry being right about Malfoy. It's more about the obsession. Like, you can be right about some shit. But the obsession is, like, you need to chill. Like, sure, yes, he's a Death Eater. Yes. But, like, you have to This is down. why people should join our Slack. Because we were talking recently. There was a Twitter thing. And it was, like, asking how they met their significant other. And this woman shares what is basically a story of how she stalked someone until they married her. And we were like, that's not cute. <laughs> Glad you got a husband, but also. Yikes. That's like, does he need, is he okay? You okay, bro? You okay? Cool. So everyone is kind of getting ready for Christmas. Jenny decorates um, the living room and the angel at the top of their tree is actually a garden gnome that had been Fred on the ankle. So they had stunned the, they stunned it, painted it gold and stuffed it in a miniature tutu. Um, so only Ron, Harry, Fred and George know that that is what's happening with the, with the angel on the that tree. Psychopath. Um, I love the twins. I really do. But just like, yeah, I mean, Part of me is also, like, I feel like the four of them did it. I'm not saying that it doesn't sound that way, but, like, Harry and Ron were, were all there. in on it. We don't know who, because it doesn't say who did what. It just says that this is what happened to it. Mistakes were made. That's kind of how <laughs> that sentence is written. <laughs> it's like, Mistakes were made. That's how it's written. So, it's not clear. I just feel like. Who did what. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We did see Fred and George, uh, Weren't they putting salamanders in, like, a fire Listen, you just can't be treating, like, <laughs> living creatures this way. Like, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. After, so they're all sitting around listening to the Christmas broadcast of uh, Celestina Warbeck. Um, Floor seems to find Celestina dull and is talking loudly in the corner. Um, so that Mrs. Weasley keeps pointing her wand at the volume control um, to make Celestina louder. So this is, first of all, some passive-aggressive ass shit, but also... That's a black house, so ever we've talked it. about, we've talked about Floor, um, and, like, how the treatment of her is not right, and, like, them calling her phlegm, and them, like, wanting to break up her and Bill, and all that kind of stuff is out of pocket, but then Floor is, like, mad out of pocket in this chapter. Yes, but also... Like, we're just gonna have to acknowledge... She's been being treated like trash. Well, see, and that's the thing is like, I thought that I was thinking that too, like she was, she has been treated like crap, but then we also see that generally Floor is just like not, she does not give a fuck about anyone's feelings I, because she was talking about Hermione. Oh, that's very funny. I, I heard how Fred and George were very funny. Meanwhile, she has this like permanent black eye. So like there's, she just doesn't have a lot of time. And I, and I agree and with that, but I also feel like. And it does, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that she deserves the treatment that she gets because obviously she doesn't, but also, she needs to chill. And I understand that, but I'm what I'm thinking. What I always thought of when I read this is like there's an obvious like English French thing. Like the English don't like the French. They're too emotional. Like they don't know how to keep calm and carry on. They wear their hearts and feelings on their sleeve. And I've mm. always read this as J.K. Rowling's way of making her be like super. French but also mm. and I agree like she is out of pocket and things like that but there's also a cultural gap that they're not taking into account like 
when you talk to people, like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, like, it's a stereotype or whatever, but I also find it to be true. Like, Australians have really fucked up senses of humor, and they can come off as assholes. But, and they are, like, to an American sensibility, like, a lot of, like, people from Australia can can be assholes. But if you go to Australia with an Australian sensibility, that's just, like, keeping it real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I And so I don't think that we're giving her enough credit for, or enough, like, we're not taking into account, like, in France, it might be seen as being impolite to not speak up and say, like, I find this boring. Right. Like, and that's her way of being like, this is not something that the entire group is enjoying, so maybe we should find something that everyone enjoys. But it's the Mm -hmm. French way of doing that and not the British way of doing that. Right. It goes... Which would really just be sitting around... Right. It goes back to the whole, like, white family versus black family conversation that we were having earlier, which is, like, they do shit differently, and you're like, wow, this is wild. But it's, you know, Mm -hmm. cultural, speaking culturally, you know. So it's both and. Yeah. But also, she may not actually be trying to be rude, not that she's not being rude. But she just mm-hmm. may not, it may not be an intentional rudeness. It's more of a, like, this is how we do things in my culture. Yeah. Yeah. So, Fred, George, and Jenny are playing Exploding Snap. Ron keeps shooting Bill and Four, or covert looks as though hoping to pick up tips, which is... Creepy. I mean, I mean, I guess you gotta get it where you... Okay, I don't know. It's weird. Um, Remus. <laughs> she tried. She stretched. I tried. But she could not stretch anymore. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Remus uh, was sitting beside the fire, staring into its depths as though he could not hear Celestina's voice because he just is sad, Doesn't sad world. Sound like... And he just needs lots and lots he of hugs. He sounds like one of those brooding poets. I would be, I would have such a crush on brooding, miserable Remus. If I was Ginny, I'd be like, Remus is coming? I could turn that <laughs> frown upside down. Tell me about the depth Ginny? of your soul, Remus. Professor, you mean? But still. Yikes. I mean, I get it, because kids do have crushes Right, on it's like how like, all the girls are shit, reacting like... to friends. He's so, you know. Yeah. 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 It's just that they can't take a bougie queen. <laughs> she is part Vila, which to me is all in regards to floor. But... Yeah, it's true. We did. Oh, so Celest- uh, Celestina's the song goes, "Oh, come and stole my cauldron, and if you do it right, I'll boil you up some hot, strong love to keep you warm tonight." Also, Celestina is black. That's that. just a thing that we should all be aware so, of. I don't know if y'all knew, but when she is. I don't know if you clocked this because I don't think my dad drove us except for that one time but he was listening to luther dandroff Mm -hmm. i have to remember that we're not all black in this luther (laughs) when a black person says luther you said luther i was like yeah when a black person (laughs) said luther Mm -hmm. they mean luther vandroff anyone else has to have a last name (laughs) my dad was listening to luther and this reminds me of that like i could not imagine getting in the car and like just starting a conversation while luther is singing I would have to ask, right? Hey, can I turn this off or turn this down or 
I have something to say. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then if he deigns to turn off Luther, but what I actually did was just sit there and start singing too. A mm-hmm. house is not a home <laughs> until you're the only one to hold your time. Um, we danced to this when we were 18, said Mrs. Weasley. Do you remember, Arthur? Um, Mr. Weasley was dozing off, but then he goes, oh, yes, marvelous tune. Um, he sits up and he says, sorry about this to uh, Harry. Um and says it'll be over soon and Harry's like it's no problem and he and I honestly Harry is just like he's with his family yeah. you know what I mean so I don't think he's not like really what is this over he's like this is nice right also it's just like it's Christmas these are like Christmas things that you yeah. I mean he hasn't grown up in it so okay maybe it's a little you know like getting a learning curve but it's six the sixth year now I'm sure <laughs> this is not the first time that he has listen to Celestina Warbeck at the Weasleys. Right. You know, that's also Mrs. Weasley's cleaning music, right. so. Say you gonna be? Are you gonna be? Say you gonna be? <laughs> okay. Um, has it been very busy at the ministry? Uh, Mr. Weasley says, of the three arrests we've made in the last couple of months, um, I doubt any of them are an act or a genuine Death Eater. They're still holding Stan Shunpack and Azkaban, um, even though Dumbledore tried appealing directly to Scrimger about him. He's about as much a Death Eater as this Satsuma, but the top levels want to look as though they're making some progress, and three arrests sounds better than three mistaken arrests and releases. But again, this is all top secret. So, I mean, again, like, we, we've talked about Stan and, like, the fact that he was probably not a Death Eater when he got um, arrested, but, like, also he was probably at the very least a sympathizer, which does not mean that he should go to Azkaban because again, we've talked about prisons in the, in the wizarding world and how they really don't have the a Azkaban scale. industrial complex. It's just literally you do an infraction and you go to Azkaban or you get your wand snapped into. And that just seems the diagram alley, the Azkaban pipeline. Yeah, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite intense. Um, and so, like, maybe Stan should be punished for, like, talk, you know, for being a sympathizer or, like, maybe at the very least, it doesn't seem as though he's, like, acted upon these things, right? So Azkaban is probably not the place that he needs to be at. And then we've talked but about the fact that, that, like, just goes on to radicalize more people. Like, you are, mm-hmm. okay, so he has maybe pro- Death Eater leanings or something, but then you throw him into a prison full of Death Eaters or Nazi sympathizers. Right. So. Right. So. Um, and if you want to hear more about this, you can read um, Justice in the Wizarding World. Oh, throwback. throwback. You gotta find it. You Who wrote scroll. that? You wrote that or me? I can't even I remember. Did. Oh, lit. Yeah. Okay, cool. We've written so many Harry Potter pieces that I'm who like, wrote that who one? wrote that shit? I don't know. Someone did. One of us. Of the two of us, one of us wrote it. <laughs> we had so many contributors at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then mm, so then Harry brings up Malfoy to Mr. Weasley and tells him everything he overheard between Malfoy and Snape. Um, as he spoke, Lupin's head turned a little toward him, taking in every word. So first of all, Harry has not talked to Remus at all this whole time. And I just feel like it's disrespectful to treat your uncle this way. But Uncle Moody is in his feelings. 
But there was dinner. And so... Maybe they talked at dinner. I don't know. You, I, yeah. Anyway, I just say all this to say that Lupin is my MVP, and I just want to get it out right now. Y'all already know I mean, what it is. Shocker. In the and chapter where I just, Lupin is in it and Hermione is not here, I'm so shocked. I know. It's, it's new for me. <laughs> I'm trying it out. <laughs> so, as has it occurred to you, Harry, said Mr. Weasley, that Snape was simply pretending, pretending to offer help so that he could find out what Malfoy was up to, said Harry quickly, yeah, I thought you'd say that, but how do we know? It isn't our business to know, said Lupin unexpectedly. Um, I want to point out one that, like, Lupin does not hold a grudge. Like, Remus is absolutely, like... Snape, me and Snape had some situations when we were um, teenagers, but at this point, like, it is what it is. Um, Dumbledore say, trust him, I'm going to trust him. But also, wouldn't it be lovely if Snape also did not hold a grudge? Had some professional courtesy? It would be great. A lot of people would still be alive if that was the case. And Remus would have a job still. So... Um, it's Dumbledore's business. Dumbledore trusts Severus, and that ought to be good enough for us. So this is something about Dumbledore that we should talk about, is that... That should not be good enough and, for you. You should have... Well, exactly. So there's, there's, there's like, three parts, I guess, to what I want to say. So, like, Uh-oh. one, that should not be good enough for, for them. Hermione is typing. Sorry, but go ahead. But also, the adults know that... There's, some, there's also something about them knowing that he knows more than they do, and being okay with that. And sometimes I that's fine right like I think it's fine to know especially if you're in a place like the Order of the Phoenix and you know they're spying like there 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 has to be some kind of like compartmentalization of knowledge depending on like what your position is and what your role is in like the fight or whatever um for like secrecy purposes and like you know you you don't want one one person being able to spill everything that they know all of the details exactly so like that's part of it um, and Dumbledore is not about to get caught out out here slipping to the point where they would be torturing him for information. Like that's just not gonna happen. Um, so it's like, and you know, he's the leader of the order or whatever. So, but it's interesting to me. I think like slightly skipping over Dumbledore and not giving all the information, um, but just like the fact that just having that as like a fact, right? Dumbledore has all this knowledge and he doesn't give that information. The adults who are in the order are fine with that. And they're like, that's how it should be. And we trust Dumbledore's judgment, which is, you know, there are different levels to that. Levels to that. And there are ways where that's good and ways where it's not so good. But then it's interesting in contrast to Harry, who wants to know everything, but is also convinced that Dumbledore knows nothing. Yes. Right. So he's like, I'm bringing this information to you and you don't know. And then when Dumbledore, like later, I guess in the next chapter, when, when he tells Dumbledore about Malfoy and Snape, and he tells Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's like, cool, thanks for telling me. And then Harry's like, so what are you going to do about it? But at that point, it's not really up for Harry, up to Harry to know what that is yeah. and to, like, really have a hand. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's interesting to me to see kind of how, like, the adults and then, like, Harry react to the way that Dumbledore keeps knowledge. Because it doesn't also... It doesn't change the way that Harry trusts Dumbledore either, because we'll see that later on in this chapter. Like, he still trusts Dumbledore, but it's more of one of those, like, adults don't know everything, and I'm. it's, again, back to the I'm the only one who knows everything and who knows the right thing to do in this situation. Right, and um, I think that there is, um, and, like, we see with, um, in the next book, how this gets, like, trusting Dumbledore gets people in trouble. It's, like, trust but verify. You know what I mean? So 
especially when you're putting yeah, your exactly. life on the line. And also, I think that it's it's healthy, especially in like a spy movement or whatever. Um, thinking a lot about Shield here to like ask these questions to make sure that you're not secretly working for Hydra. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? Like you're right. getting these orders, absolutely. Okay, and like I believe in the mission, but like it's still the order is still being run by a human, and humans still make mistakes, even if that human is Dumbledore. Um, mm-hmm. and I think also it's just a matter of that not being a good lesson to teach Harry. Like it's not your job. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore trust him, and then therefore no more questions need to be asked. As opposed to right. which is not true, but I also think that Harry. I think also it's one of those like it's complicated. Right, and I think that the the right answer is. Dumbledore, trust him, take it to Dumbledore, but then be okay with the decisions that he makes. Or right. start your own secret spy organization. Order of the Phoenix. True. Um, so um, in the chat, Amani says, yet another example of trusting Dumbledore getting you hemmed up or worse. Um, if he gave people information so that they could make informed decisions, but no, Albus is a secret. Albus, the secret keeper, must be. Mm, Albus, the secret keeper of all, must manipulate everyone he comes across. Um, Portia says, I wonder if half the logic is that they trust Dumbledore to have submitted each order member through a stricter process than they would have. Um, which I think so too. I think they're like, Dumbledore knows something we don't. And so, and also again, like with the Snape situation, they can't necessarily know all the stuff that Dumbledore knows about Snape, right? right? Like Snape wouldn't want Remus knowing about his relationship with Lily and all that stuff. So there's also like personal confidences Mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then Delia says it's a problem because they don't view Dumbledore as a person. They trust the idea of Dumbledore. They never question his flaws um, or what he has been through in his life. Um, Amani says he's a deity to them. And even worse, he only facilitates that feeling. Um, so it's, um, and it says it's a parallel to Voldemort never trusting anyone or giving them more information than they need to know for the plan. So, and, and I think that that's kind of also the point of this yeah. book um, is that we get a lot it- of, Trust Dumbledore. Trust Dumbledore. Um, everything's cool if he does it. If he if he says it is, um, you trust this person because Dumbledore says to trust them. Um, don't ask questions to Dumbledore because he knows what he's doing. And then that kind of like, in some ways blows up. In some ways, does not work. And I guess like Harry's kind of feeling that Dumbledore will always be there is kind of the thing that blows up in this particular book. And then the next one, it kind of expands to also trusting him and just like blindly following him is also maybe not the whole like that great of a thing you know um so it just is like i also think it's complicated but i also like that the book starts to interrogate that yeah and i but i also think that there is a a question of what how did dumbledore earn your trust so for harry dumbledore earns his trust because dumbledore takes him away from Dursley's gives gives him a place in Hogwarts and then allows and kind of guides him through some of his earlier adventures. Um, mm-hmm. And that is great for a favorite teacher. Is that this type of, are those the type of actions that earn the trust of you putting your life into his hands? What right. that comes from is everyone saying no place safer than Hogwarts 
Dumbledore is the one that Voldemort always feared. You know what I mean? Like, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of like word of mouth trust. But it's also a thing that like the wizarding world actually just does in right. general. Right. It's the same as like no one who went bad. Like, no, there's no Slytherin who went bad that. There's no or, wizard who went. There was no one who went bad that wasn't in Slytherin. Right. There's like the, it's all these like essentialist kind of things that they just are willing to believe and never interrogate. And that's how they live their life. And things are like, it's all cookies and rainbows and sunshine and shit. So like, it's just a way for them to kind of like move on with their lives and be cool in their heads. Until someone comes knocking at their door like, ha ha, bitch, I knocked down your uh, barrier. I'm Voldemort. Give me the Horcrux and Harry Potter. Come at me. And then they're like, well, we don't have a Dumbledore. Hogwarts is in flames. Interesting. What now did we don't do? Um, yeah. I think that... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I mean Julia to take a nap. Um, <laughs> I think the other part of this is that we, we, need, we need these moments because we need to break this stuff down. But it reminds me a lot of... Because my other one of my other fandoms is politics, even though I don't know why I need to get away from that. But it reminds me a lot of like finding your tribe, right? So like you see this a lot with like partisanship, like Republicans support Republicans because they're Republicans. And when you strip away the like, this is a Republican plan or this is a democratic plan or whatever. And you go by the content or the policy people often disagree with the things that their party promotes, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the ma- vast majority of people in America um, agree with stricter gun regulation and, like, what that means on a policy matter. But then also, if you ask them, are Democrats going to take, like, what is, what is Democrats' belief in gun regulation? It's like, they're going to take away our guns. They're anti-Second Amendment. And it's right. Like, Mm-hmm. No, but like that if you bl- if you break everything down into black and whites or essentials like that, it's easy to to see that and lose the nuance. So I think I hope I don't know her, but I I feel like what JK Rowling is trying to get across here is that even with like we're seeing um like even with Snape, we see his flaws and all of these things. And I completely understand why Harry does not trust him, but there's nuance there. And so Mm -hmm. it's fine to not question an untrustworthy person about X thing, but also to question a trustworthy person about X thing. Because mm-hmm. it's the, you know it's about that it, it, trust should not span everything. Yeah, trust but verify again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's let's move on. So, um, Harry says, "Just say Dumbledore's wrong about Snape." People have said it many times. Said Remus, "It comes down to whether or not you trust Dumbledore's judgment." I do. Therefore, I trust Severus. But Dumbledore can make mistakes. He said it himself, and you, he looked at Lupin straight in the eye, do you honestly like Snape? But again, it's bigger than that. It's not about whether you like someone. It's about goddamn Voldemort coming in trying to murder all the muggles. And you. Right. (laughs) Um, I neither like nor dislike Severus, said Lupin. 
No, Harry, I am speaking the truth. We shall never be bosom friends. Um, after all that happened between James and Sirius and Severus, there's too much bitterness there. But I do not forget that during the year I taught at Hogwarts, he made a Wolfsbane potion for me every month, made it perfectly so that I did not have to suffer as I usually do in the full moon. Remus is a nuanced king. And I just want to give him his crown and let but him take his But it also just, it hurts my heart because where is the professional courtesy on the other side? And absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and Harry points out he accidentally, in quotes, let slip that you're a werewolf. And then Lupin is like, we, that would have gotten out anyway. We both know he wanted my job. Um, he kept me healthy. I must be grateful. So I think eh. Remus is like, Remus is just, he's a bigger person. But also Remus and like, you know, a, and this is a, a bad thing about Remus, but it's understandable. Mm-hmm. If he has a victim's mentality of like, mm-hmm. he kept me healthy, so I have to be grateful. As opposed to you're yeah. human and you deserve health. You yep. deserve to be healthy. It shouldn't yep. be. But I think it's also the like no one, also the the knowledge that like there aren't very many people who would do that for him, and so then because there is that one person who did, being like, well, then I have to be grateful for that thing. And he says, I'm. He doesn't say I am grateful. He says I must be grateful, right. which is like the wording of that as well. Is like he feels an obligation to be grateful. Right. But I I I just um, want to say that in terms of that like. You should not, and and it it makes complete sense given Remus's life experiences. But you should never feel an obligation to be grateful for someone treating you with humanity. Mm-hmm. Especially when they treat you like shit the rest of the time. Yes. That too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't um, want to forget that. Even when he does the right things, he does exactly. them for the wrong goddamn reason. Exactly. The story of Severus Because he really only did it because Dumbledore was like, you better keep this dude healthy or not. Or, or you're you fired. can go or... find Voldemort in Albania. Exactly. Good luck. Exactly. Um, you can go dig up that map since there's no internet. Map quest. <laughs> um... <laughs> um Maybe he didn't dare mess with the potion with Dumbledore watching him, said Harry. You were determined to hate him, Harry, said Lupin, and I understand. Um, you've inherited an old prejudice. By all means, tell Dumbledore what you've told Arthur and me, but do not expect him to share your view on the matter. It might have been on Dumbledore's orders that Severus questioned Draco, which I'm pretty sure it is. So there's that. But. And also, why are you. Yeah, I mean, again, in? just the like. Why does no one bring that up? said what? You Why does one bring up all and also and as well? Boy, Voldemort is on the loose. Keep your ass out of that invisibility cloak and in public. Right. Stop snooping. Stop trying to be in other people's business. Please. Yeah. I do wish Remus had said something like, okay, and you know there was, you're still being <laughs> reckless as hell. No reason for you to be Your out parents in and the- serious risk their lives to do, <laughs> like he should just, just go in, but it's okay. They haven't seen each other in a while. Just, He's a got a lot on his mind. Um, yeah. Right. So um, Delia says, we don't have the time, but let's talk about the fact that Remus has a right to health that the Wizarding Society at large doesn't care about. So Remus must be grateful to someone like Snape for begrudgingly doing what Dumbledore told him to. And Portia says, right, why isn't St. Mungo's passing out subsidized Wolfsbane? Um, and Delia says, whatever your feelings on werewolves, wouldn't that be a net positive for society Just at large? It like would be. it would be a net positive for society at large 
had they stopped children from being abused. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or stopped magical folk from abusing muggles. Or stopped muggles from abusing... Like, there's so many things that are a net positive for society. So many things. So many. Maybe, you know, like we were talking about before, put Voldemort in magical wizard camp during the summer. Boom. Crisis averted. Now Harry has parents. (laughs) Now he can run around and be as reckless as he wants. And Lily can yell at him or, I don't know, shrug at him when he yells at her. But, like, at least she'd be there. (laughs) So, like, I just... (laughs) Lily went straight on to becoming a white mama. Um, Which she probably... I mean... We don't have any proof to say that she wouldn't be. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe get Henry Louis Gates' cousin, Cletus Gates, or I forget what we named him, to, you know, sign Voldemort's wizard roots and get his origin story correct before it becomes something that he... It's just, there's so many things that the ministry and the wizarding world as a society and as a whole could do to better their society and also keep themselves a secret that they don't do because they are run by people who with who are bigoted and who hold grudges and who are like really insecure and ooh, magic ooh, does not I have day. one. Maybe send someone to check on Aberforth and Dumbledore after their parents died, knowing that they're taking care mm. of a sister who has mm. a, a disability. I don't who cannot control her magic and they are children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, all good thoughts. I have more, but we should probably move mm-hmm. on. Well, again, again, yeah, Delia said we we don't. I have feel time, like this is we a don't. Bonus episode. But I just felt like we should. It's a it's a bonus episode. It's also low key a panel at Leakathon, yes. so come through. Am I on that? It's one? called. No, I don't think so. It's called creating Voldemort or something. Yeah, Voldemort. I want to be on that one. Finding Voldemort. I don't know. I'm in there because I've made the panel, so. <laughs> I don't understand that's, that's how I didn't get there. on there. I think they wanted to split us up. Because you're on, because we don't have time turners, Robin. You're not on there because we don't have time turners. You have just that's as many why. panels as I do. Um. Yeah, but you signed up for more initially than I did. I should really start taking notes so. and keeping track of the things that I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Celestina ended her song on a very long, high-pitched note, and Mrs. Weasley joined Daddy. in. Is it over? Um, is it over? Said Four loudly. Thank goodness. What a horrible. Shall we have a nightcap then? Said Mr. Weasley loudly. Who wants eggnog? Because they're all like, you know what? What we're not going to do on Christmas. See, that is rude. Is have a fight between Mrs. Weasley and Floor. But it- um, so then... Harry finally asks Remus something about himself. What? <laughs> finally. Huh? And he says, what have you been up to lately? Wait, what? He does. It's there on page 334. Being, like, treating Remus like a human who has a life and who has given up a lot to his... make sure that Harry's okay, but, you know, mm-hmm. has also lost his best friend. In the mm-hmm. same fashion of Harry losing his godfather. Mm-hmm. Wow. He's also his uncle. Right. Like, come on, fam. Um, oh, I've been underground, said Lupin, almost literally. 
I've been living amongst my fellows, my equals, werewolves. I just nearly need, all of them are on Voldemort's side. I need Lupin um, to go on Yama fix my withering life because the pathology. Those are not your equals. You were better, not just, better. Yeah, better. I don't know. They're not your equals. Poor Remus. So nearly all of them are on Voldemort's side. Dumbledore wanted a spy, and here I was, ready-made. Um, he sounded bitter, and perhaps realizing it, he smiled um, as he went on. I'm not complaining. It is necessary work, and who can do it better than I? I will want. I do want to point out this is the like super dangerous mission that he's on that Tonks is like upset about, and then says. It has been difficult to gain their trust. I bear the unmistakable signs of having tried to live among wizards, whereas they have shunned normal society and live on the margins, stealing and sometimes killing to eat. So we just generally need more um, information on marginalized wizarding communities. Um, And I say this, I'm saying this because it's interesting to me that, so they're marginalized, right? And it's the way that you can like then get radical, become radicalized. Um, Because nearly all of them are on Voldemort's side. But if the ministry had treated them right, then they would not be. If they gave gave if they them weren't marginalized the potions that they need, if, if they, they weren't if they didn't treated like the dregs like of shit, society, then someone right, then someone like Voldemort wouldn't be able to come in and be like, "I'm going to give you if free they could readily access Wolfsbane potion, right? Or or even like if even they if they couldn't to, even if or, they could right at the very least they can have a job they can live their life normally and nobody has to know if it's not necessary for them to know that they're werewolves or if they do they're not going to be judged for it um or shunned for it so it's just it we yeah there just needs to be more on that but we should move on because this chapter we still have more to talk about so they think under Voldemort's rule they have a better life and it's hard to argue with Greyback out there um Fenrir, Fenrir Greyback is the most savage werewolf alive um he wants to create enough werewolves to overcome wizards he specializes in children bite them young he says which sounds pedophilic and I just feel like we should point yes. that out it's gross so he wants to raise them away from their parents to hate normal wizards um, and then Remus says that it was Greyback who bit him because his father offended him. He positions himself close to victims, ensuring that he is near enough to strike. He plans it all. He's also a serial biter because he doesn't kill them, but it's just gross. Greyback's insistence um, is that we werewolves deserve blood, but we ought to revenge ourselves on normal people. So it's, again, it's like, it's just the radicalization, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you get treated like shit for so long, then some, you're gonna become a sadistic ass human being, like Fenrir Greyback. Like, it's just, yeah. But you are normal, said Harry fiercely. You've just got a, a problem. Remus burst out laughing. Sometimes you remind me a lot of James. He called it my furry, my furry little problem in company. Um, many people were under the impression that I owned a badly behaved rabbit. He accepted a glass of eggnog for Mr. Weasley, um, looking slightly more cheerful, which is so great. Like he just, Harry says this thing and he's like, well, you, not only is it like very sweet, but it reminds me of your dad. And so now I'm like in a good mood. Oh, happy memories. I think that it's like, I mean, we were just, we just ran the list of all of the reasons why um, the Wizarding World did it to themselves. They done brought it on themselves. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really sad to think about like what got 
Fenrir to that place and how things could have been different. I think it's also important to know to to note that he is still making that choice. Remus did not get to make the choice to become a werewolf. I'm assuming Fenrir didn't choose to become a werewolf either, but Remus has chosen every single moon to do what he can to minimize spreading that on, right? Right. And I also think that, like, obviously, like, I don't know that you can really consent to being bitten by a werewolf, like, unless you know y'all are best Have friends, unless it's some, like, Twilight-type shit. Or Twilight, yeah. I was gonna say, unless it's some, and I, and I mean, like, in, in this world, not necessarily, like, in other, right. um, like, systems of, like, werewolfism and stuff. I'm talking about, like, specifically in the wizarding world. It doesn't seem like it's something you could consent to, although I could see how, like, you know, you marry, you are in love with a werewolf, and then you're like, bite me. So, again, like, yeah, if you're in, like, a, um, a wolf Spain, then maybe you have a little right, bit more. Right, but I, but it's like, you don't necessarily, at least from what I've read, you don't necessarily um, have a control over who you bite or when you bite someone if you can't, if you don't have something like wolf Spain to, like, call that. Right. Thing, right. But what you can do is may is ensure that you bite someone, which is what Fenrir does. Uh, Fenrir does. Um and like that and that's what I mean by when I say that every month Remus makes the choice to lessen his exposure. You know what I mean? Like he goes to the shrieking shack. Mm-hmm. He does what he can within reason right, exactly. to prevent like biting someone. If he's in the middle of the woods and like there's a camper that runs across his path, like he didn't seek that out he's not changing right in like the middle of a crowded town or something like that exactly um, but yeah and but the, the the main thing is that Fenrir delights in doing those things mm-hmm. so the friend like I'm assuming um like because Rima says like they don't really trust him because he has shown that he's chosen to try to live among wizards. But mm-hmm. that's different to me, removing yourself from society, than going out and trying to, like, proactively... And removing yourself from a society that has repeatedly told you that you're not wanted. Yeah. And making and trying to make your own way in the world is different than going out and, like, actively terrorizing that society. So every time... So when you become a werewolf, that is something that's not under your control. But you can, within reason, control the choices that you make after that thing has happened to you. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. point I wanted to make. Yeah. I need to be more concise and articulate. I'm going to work on that. We've been doing this for almost three years. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, have you ever heard of someone called the Half-Blood Prince? There are no wizarding princes, said Lupin. Is this a title you're thinking of adopting? I should have thought being the chosen one would be enough. And I love that he's teasing him. I just love Remus very much. Um, Y'all already know. Hashtag dad. (laughs) It's nothing to do with me. (laughs) Sorry. It's nothing to do with me, said Harry. The Halfwood Prince is someone who used to go to Hogwarts. Um, I've got his own potions book. Um, and he brings up Love of Corpus. And Remus says, "That that had a great Vogue doing my time at Hogwarts. 
There were a few months in my fifth year when you couldn't move for being hoisted up in the air by your ankle. By your own petard? My dad used it. Right. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I am who I am. <laughs> Um, my dad used it, said Harry. I saw him in the pensieve. He used it on Snape. So this is just a reminder that the only people who know that he stuck his man, his face in another man's thoughts, um, are Snape, Sirius, Remus, and maybe Dumbledore, probably Dumbledore. Um, but he's, it's like, it's, it's so bad that he still has not told Hermione and Ron about this situation. So, yeah. Because he knew, Um, he knew he was wrong. Oh. He knew he was wrong. He knew it. And, like, he only went to Sirius and Remus about it because he had questions about his father. And, like, and, you know, they love him unconditionally. Despite himself. Sometimes, man. (laughs) Like, I love you unconditionally, I think. But don't test it. Like, you have to test it. Right. You gotta push the boundaries. Just, like... Let's just trust yeah. that I do. And you don't do something <laughs> that makes me have to... <laughs> you don't need to yeah. verify that. You don't need to trust but verify <laughs> no that one. No, no. need. <laughs> um, Lupin's smile was a little too understanding. Um, he wasn't the only one, said Remus. You know how these spells come and go. Um, and he says, jinxes go in and out of fashion like everything else. James was pure blood. I promise you, he never asked us to call him prince. Also, I feel like they would make fun of him for that shit. Um, right. And he has and the Harry's game, like, pretty goddamn awesome. It is, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, abandoning, abandoning pretense, Harry said, it wasn't you, serious or you? Definitely not. Oh, said Harry. I just thought, well, he's helped me out a lot in potions class, the prince has. Um, and then Remus asks how old the book is and says that it might give um, him some clue as to when the prince was at Hogwarts. Shortly after this, Flora decided to imitate Celestina singing A Cauldron Full of Hot Strong Love, which was taken by everyone once they glimpsed Mrs. Weasley's expression to be the cue to go to bed. Also, I just like to think of Flora being wasted at this point. Probably. <laughs> like, I've had enough. I've been with your goddamn I know Bill is like, girl, if you don't get up the damn yep. stairs. Bill is like, on. time to go, he's honey. He's probably like, it's time for us to go. What's, as soon as she starts the first note, he's mm-hmm. like, well, mm-hmm, time, to, time to move on. Everybody's just like, well, good night, y'all. See y'all tomorrow. I don't want Christmas. these problems. <laughs> I didn't sign up for these problems. <laughs> I don't even want to be. It's like Amani who ducked <laughs> preemptively <laughs> on some, wait a second. I did not consent to this, to being in the room when this is happening. Because I don't want it. I don't want these hands. Um, also, it reminds me so, of... Um, so when we went to go see uh, Color Purple recently, and I was telling Bayana, there's a song called Push the Button. And the first time I saw the Color Purple, I was young. And I didn't realize that song was that dirty. And then when I grew <laughs> up and I reread it, or re-listen to it, I was like, ooh! But it's it's like Pony from Genuine, where it's like, well, duh. <laughs> it's like so obviously mm-hmm. dirty. And I think that Hot Cauldron of Burn and Love is one of those. Oh, I'm sure. I bet there's, there's some, some other windows. Because what was the other one they were listening to? That wasn't even the first song they were listening to. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't really matter, but <laughs> I just know that she has some tunes, is all, is all I'm saying. 
some that's some baby making um, that's some wizard making music. Wizard making. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> um okay. So where okay, yeah. So Harry checks the book and sees that it's nearly fifty years old. Um, which is hilarious, right? Because Hagrid is of half blood, and so is Voldemort. And they were at Hogwarts to <laughs> 50 years ago. Could you imagine if Hagrid was a half-blood prince? That would be a plot twist. That would be a huge plot twist. But also, you can say that this is advanced potion making and Hagrid was kicked out of school by then. I know, that's why I said it would be a plot twist. But he was still at Hogwarts. Yes. Sneaking books. (laughs) I mean, we know that's not what he was doing. But but here's the other thing. It's like, I... So, yes, um, the book is 50 years old and that's a good, like, recommendation for research purposes but also the weasleys get secondhand books so their school books mm-hmm. are probably 10 to 15 years older than you know what i mean so if you found ron's book yeah you'd be like oh he's Sirius's age Sirius's age, or exactly. charlie's age or whatever mm-hmm. because, and we know that snape was not rolling in dough so he probably also had secondhand books exactly which is why it's... Well, this is his mother's book. Or that, which is why it's 50 years old and the math don't add up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good suggestion from Remus, but, like, also is not the end-all of be-all of when the book was written in. Because you wouldn't be able to tell that. So, Harry goes to sleep, thinking of werewolves and Snape, stands Chung Pike and, half, and the Half-Blood Prince, and falls into an uneasy sleep full of creeping shadows and the cries of bitten children, which is pleasant. If I have nightmares about werewolves tonight, I am going to find Harry Potter on his birthday and fuck him up. <laughs> Just putting it out oh, there. Oh, gosh. Mm-mm. She's got to be joking. Harry woke to find a bulging stocking lying over the end of his bed, um, and he saw Ron sitting up on his bed examining what appeared to be a thick gold chain. Um, it's from Lavender, and it says, My Sweetheart. Which is actually really sweet, right? Like, she genuinely likes likes Ron. Ron. And we need to have a justice for Lavender. Get Lavender a new boyfriend, 1990-whatever. While we're getting getting Hermione new friends, Mm -hmm. Lavender also deserves a new boyfriend. Yeah. Because they just... That's all. She just really likes him. And so she bought that because she think, she thought that, you know. want her man to be dripping. He'd be down to rock my sweetheart around his neck because they right. go together. Dripping in gold. They've been going together for a like, week. She buying them hard diamond metals. Sorry. Well, I mean, we don't know that, but yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> but also, who knows how, like, expensive gold is in the wizarding world. Um, Classy said, Harry, you should definitely wear that in front of Fred and George. Um, how could you think I'd like something like this, though, said Ron. you don't talk to her? Right. So Harry's like, well, think back. Have you ever let slip that you'd like to go out in public with the words, my sweetheart, around your neck? Well, we don't really talk much. Mm. It's mainly snogging, said Harry. And it's like, y'all even, and like, I get it, right? Like, sometimes you just, I mean, I don't get it, <laughs> but I'm trying to get it. I can understand <laughs> intellectually. <laughs> in, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes trying to uh, yeah so I, I kind of understand but also I'm just like you don't talk to her 
Like, not even just, like, basic shit. Y'all just meet up and kiss. And Listen, that's it. As someone who doesn't like humans, sometimes that's all you need. But then I wouldn't call that person my boyfriend. <laughs> or yeah, girlfriend. I, yeah. Yeah. But there's a whole, you know, relationship part of... That's attached yeah. to that. Like, I just... I don't... Yeah, I don't get it. But also, a part of it, too, is like, Ron, again, it goes back to Ron does not genuinely, like, same as, like, Harry doesn't like Cho mm-hmm. from Order of the Phoenix. Like, Harry does not like Lavender, Ron which is why like her Lavender. giving him that Ron gift. Ron does not. Like, Ron, sorry. Ron doesn't like, like, doesn't like Lavender. Um... <laughs> Which is why when she when he gets this gift, he's not happy about it, right? Like if 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 Ron was sprung off lavender and she and he got a my sweet he loved thing, it. he'd be like this. He'd be like this is great, and Harry'd be looking at him like word fam, and he'd be like, yeah, I mean, like I'm her sweetheart. She's my sweetheart, right? Like he would be about it, but because he doesn't really like her like that, it's embarrassing to him, and he doesn't interrogate the fact that that's embarrassing to him. That um, would be too much like work. Yeah, that's true. Delia said this thing, and um, oh my god, my life. She's dealt with her share of fuckboys, not to Lavender's extent, and it's really tough realizing, like, oh wow, I totally imagined you. You, sir, are not shit. Which is true, like, they're having mm-hmm. a relate, they're each having a relationship with an imaginary person. Like, Lavender is imagining yeah. this Ron that doesn't exist. This Ron who would love a sweetheart necklace and would wear it. And right. be super proud of her. And if it's his style or not, would be happy because she was thinking of him. Did did Ron right. even get Lavender a gift? We don't I know. I would assume no. And um, Ron is imagining a Lavender who was Hermione. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I was going to say something else, Yikes. but then that was the only thing that actually made sense. And then immediately, speaking of Hermione, after Harry says snogging, Harry says, well, yeah. And then hesitates and says, is Hermione really going out with McLagan? So, like, nothing else about wow. Lavender. Immediately into her Snogging? I have questions about snogging. Like, and then um, Harry says, I don't know, they went to Slughorn's party together, but I don't think it went well. Which I kind of feel like Harry should have lied. Or be like, I don't know. Like he should have been we'll like... Stop. He could have just stopped at it. I don't know. Or he could have been like, yeah, I mean, like, they was at the party. <laughs> you, know what, that. you know the game that Hermione's playing. She's being very transparent about it. Mm-hmm. Her and you know that Ron deserves it. entire goal is to fuck Ron's world up. And Ron deserves. Harry's too afraid of getting on Ron's bad side, though. He so. coddles Ron. The coddling of Ronald Weasley. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Um... Harry's worried okay. about how so this then, is going to affect Quidditch. Yeah, because that's all he cares about. Um, so Harry got a sweater with a large golden snitch handed by Mrs. Weasley, a box of Wizard Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, which, like, I get it, but, like, is it a gift if, like, you get them for free anyway? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. They I was just curious. handpicked if they handpick the types of wheezes that they think that Harry himself would like, then yes. Real. Also, really his gift should be for them to discontinue love potion. 
questions, but I don't think yeah. he asked them. But yes. <laughs> it should just be like a certificate that says no they no longer sell love potions. He got a slightly damp, moldy smelling package that came with a label reading from to master from creature. <laughs> um and Harry's like, I didn't think of giving Creature anything. Do people usually give their house elves Christmas presents? Hermione would, said Ron, but let's wait and see what it is. Um, and the package contains a large number of maggots, which, you know, fight the power right. of Creature. Shout out to you. And also, like, this is the trashness of Ron. Let's wait to see what he got you before we feel bad about whether or not you got him something. That's not how gifts mm-hmm. work, though. No. It's not. And obviously, like, Creature did not give Harry a good present. He got him a present. He was thinking of him. He was thinking, you ain't Mm -hmm. shit. Hope you die. But then I wonder. But he was thinking of him. And that is what (laughs) gifts are for. And then I wonder if. Then I started to wonder, like, if that's a. Like, um, he's magically compelled. Is that a requirement? Yeah. That would be some like. Are, do they do all bullshit. house elves have to give presents? You don't pay them. I mean, this and whole yet you system require is them bullshit. to give you a gift. The whole thing is uh, some the whole thing, but oh. I mean that in particular. Yeah, it's possible. I always remember my mom being I like, mean, whenever we when we were really little, and get her um, like Mother's Day gifts or birthday gifts, and she would be like, "Oh, thank you so much for buying this for me with my own money," because it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have, I have <laughs> yeah. no money. Yeah. I had nothing. Nine times out of ten, my dad bought something and put her name on it. Not really. I would, like, or I would give her, like, something, like, just throw it away. For Christmas, I really mm-hmm. love to get um, pine cones and then make Christmas trees out of them. And it was fun and crafty, yeah. Yeah. but, you know. Doesn't last no. long. Well, she still has them. My mother is oh. crazy. But even to this day, I still make, like, I'll buy gifts for, because my family's huge. I'll buy gifts for, like, the three immediate family members. And then I try to make stuff. Like, I made limoncello. Mm-hmm. I've made, like, like cr- different crafts and things for people. I've baked cookies. Yeah. And, like, you know, done, because it's my way of being like, I'm thinking of you and I want to celebrate this, you know, your whatever, celebrate you, but just without spending money that I do not have. Yeah. Those or if moments. I bought something for one of y'all, I have to buy something for the other 42 of y'all and nah. And that's doing a whole lot. <laughs> okay, so everyone is wearing sweaters when they sit that's down so at Christmas cute. lunch, except for... Except for Floor, who um, on whom it appeared Mrs. Weasley had not wanted to waste one, which, like, their whole relationship is wild, and they just both need to do better, but especially Molly. But then, this is so, the thing, Ma- because Floor is going to marry your son, and they're going to have kids, and then all them holidays are going to be spent at the, La- the De La Cours? De La Cours. And not at the Weasley. Yeah. Because why? Exactly. Exactly. You're not playing the long game, Molly. Um, you ain't never going to see your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the Mrs. Weasley is sporting a brand new midnight blue witch's hat glittering with what looked like tiny star-like diamonds and a spectacular golden necklace um, given to her by Fred and George, who say that they appreciate her more and more now that they're washing their own socks. Which, you know, it be that also, way. But also, you don't got to wash your own socks. Just come home and say that you're visiting your mama, which you are. I mean, how much, like, can't they just use Scorgify? True. But you still have to do that. Yes. So Ginny picks a maggot out of Harry's hair and, you know, Harry goes away. Fills, yeah. Edward, Edward visits <laughs> him for a hot second. Um, and then Ron is in, like, eagerly tries to pass for some gravy, but knocks it over. And then Bill comes to the rescue. Um, You're as bad as that Tonks, said Flora. She's always knocking. I invited dear Tonks to come along today, said Mrs. Weasley, but she wouldn't come. Have you spoken to her lately? Remus. <laughs> just, just messy. Um, no, I haven't been in contact with anybody very much, said Remus. Um, but Tonks has got her own family to go to, hasn't she? Um, and Mrs. Weasley, Mrs. Weasley says I, that she got the impression that Tonks was planning to spend Christmas alone, giving Remus an annoyed look as though it was all his fault she was getting floor for a daughter-in-law instead of Tonks, which is not what's happening at all. But Harry heard that from someone else and took that to heart. And then Harry is reminded of a question he had in regards to Tonks. And who better to ask than Lupin, a man who knew all about Patronuses? <laughs> so this is like awkward central. <laughs> it's it's not funny, it's but it hilarious. is. I'm Talks, enjoying it. <laughs> it's like it's very. Funny. I I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. <laughs> he said, <laughs> so he's like, Tox's Patronus has changed its form. Snape said so anyway. I didn't know that could happen. Why would your Patronus change? Remus takes his time chewing his turkey and swallows it before <laughs> saying slowly, sometimes. A great shock and emotional upheaval. It looked big and it had four legs, said Harry. Like, it's just ain't like, shit, it's just boyfriend. <laughs> a dude who don't want to say so how funny. he feel, even though we all know how he feel. That's why she had an emotional upheaval and her Patronus changed. And Harry has no Not idea. At all. He's absolutely not also, I really and then he's like this, like when i was reading this one it was like she did think this th- like i appreciated <laughs> these like moments because like we talked about in um if you are a patronus of hair if you're a hair patronus or higher in our talks whiskey chat fire whiskey chat like it seems to come out of nowhere but that's because we're in we're following Harry through these books. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I really appreciated the scene after we had that conversation because I was like, Oh, yeah. this is, this is wonderful. <laughs> it's so great. It's very great <laughs> because Harry is like, no, he's just completely just clueless. So clueless. And then he's like, Hey, it couldn't be. And then of course he was going to say, is it serious? But it's not. But if he said that, I wonder how, Re- like, if he hadn't been interrupted, because he's about to be interrupted, like, I wonder what Remus would have said. Possibly. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I just Maybe. never, I, I never I thought of that. I it, mean, it, I guess, it, sure. We'll never know. <laughs> I love Remus, but this is also super funny. It just is. 
He should just be better. Be better. You know? Everyone, honestly. All your faves are problematic. Because remember that Remus is going to leave his pregnant wife. When he has another one of these. He is going to do that kind of situation. He is going to do that. (laughs) And it is a problem. Although I'm still mad. And we'll get there. But I'm still mad at Harry for not letting him come tag along. Really? Because I was really excited really? about it. I'm not, like, not in, the, not in the scope of, like, yeah, he definitely did need to go. But, like, when Remus was like, I could come with yes! you. I was like, hell yeah, Remus could come with us. <laughs> but I had to say, yeah, like, I'm come ready. Let's go. And Harry is like, and Harry's like, nah, fam, what about your family? And I'm like, shut <laughs> up, Harry. He's coming with us. <laughs> what about I'm his family? I'm you three. <laughs> I don't want to be. At least if I have Remus exactly. and Hermione, <laughs> we can do something. Okay, like I, man, I, I will never not be a little bit salty about Harry sending him um, away. Like I understood it, but I was just like, like I said, y'all need an adult. But not only that, yeah. it's Remus. Julia said, "I'm with Bayana." She was like, "Yes, let's go, Remus. Get your bag." <laughs> exactly. I'm mad like, at all, just, y'all. Let's do this. <laughs> I was so ready. I was so ready. Dang. I was just, I was Y'all so were ready. like, talk to. Okay. Talk what? I really was. Teddy I really for was. Why? I feel bad about it. It's <laughs> 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 just been So I guess you could possibly argue that had Remus been with them, the Battle of Hogwarts could have gone a lot differently. And then mm-hmm. they all would have lived a happy ever after. Mhm. I mean, like Remus and Tonks would have had to have some conversations, but like they would have been alive to have those right. conversations. Whew. Also, I just really wanted them Remus to go horcrux hunting with it. It was like purely, like not even for plot. It was just for me. <laughs> like it, was, it wasn't even for the Battle of Hogwarts. For it was me. just for me. I know what it was. <laughs> I need to find some. I need to go find some fan some fanfic where Remus accompanies them on their horcrux hunt. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Because I wanted it to happen. I'm not mad at the... I was like, are we bringing back Prisoner of Azkaban? Are we doing this? Are we coming back with the squad? I need it. I need it. Not mad at the um, idea, but... I mean, plot-wise, it was good good for Harry to do that. And we'll talk about it, obviously, when we get there in a year. In a while. No. You say that, but we only have a year until we're done with the book. So, like, or done with the series, I mean. Um, so, five months, the five six months maybe. It's relatively early on in the in the book. Um, okay, so um, Arthur said, "Mrs. Weasley, Arthur, it's Percy." What? Um, everyone looked around. Sure enough, there's Percy Weasley striding across the snowy yard. His horn rimmed glasses glinting in the sunlight. Mm. He was not help- he was not alone. Arthur, he's he's with the minister. Mm. Um and so it's Percy and Rufus Scrimger walk up to the uh house. Um there was a moment of painful silence, and then Percy said rather stiffly, Merry Christmas, mother. Mother. Oh, Percy, said Mrs. Weasley, and she threw herself into his arms. Um Rufus Scrimger comes up and he's or he says, You must forgive the intrusion. Percy and I were in the vicinity. Working, you know, and he couldn't resist dropping in to see you all, which is like a lie and like not even a clever one, because they ain't talked in over a year, and I just feel like they should have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
He should have tried harder. Mm-hmm. Um, um, these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Percy uh, shows no signs of wanting to greet the rest of his family. Um, he said poker straight and awkward looking um, and stared over everybody else's heads. Mr. Weasley, Fred, and George were all observing him stony face because they know what's up. Mm-hmm. They're sitting here like, you ain't shit. Hmm. Fancy seeing you here. Please come on, sit down, minister. Have a little perky or some tooting. I mean, so Mr. Mrs. Weasley is like flustered as fuck. Um, no, no, my dear Molly. And Harry guessed that he had checked her name with Percy before they entered the house. I don't want to intrude. Wouldn't be here at all if Percy hadn't wanted to see you mm-hmm. all so badly. Oh, Purse, said Mrs. Weasley tearfully, reaching up to kiss him. So Mrs. Weasley, like, I think it's very um, clear, like, Mr. Weasley and Fred and George are, like, they know what's happening. I think Mrs. Weasley has just been, like, wanting to see him so badly that he's trying, she's trying to see past the, like, obvious um, signs that, like, Percy is not really trying to be there, you know? Um, I also think that, like, Percy, on the other hand, of everyone in his family, is the most willing to talk to his mom, which is why he's, like, fine, you know, he says, he says, Merry Christmas, mother. And then, like, barely looks at anyone else in the room. Because um, they all know he so. ain't ish. Exactly. And and Mrs. Weasley is like, I'm your mom. And so, like, I just, I miss you. Which I understand. Mm, okay. So then, Scrimger says, we, we've, we've only looked in for five minutes, so I'll have a stroll around the yard while you catch up with Percy. No, no, I assure you, I don't want to butt in. Well, if anyone cared to show me your charming garden, ah, that young man's finished. Why don't he? Why doesn't he take that a stroll with me? That young man not is the even most. The, it was the smoothest. It's like not even slick. That but young not man, slick because everyone knew what he was doing. Oh, you mean like it was random? You mean Harry Potter? You mean Harry, the boy, the chosen one, <laughs> the chosen one. That's who you talking about. The dude that's on the front page of the Daily Prophet every other day. That one. Okay, that one. Like. Okay, sir. Sure. Um, the atmosphere around the table changed perceptibly. Everyone looked from Scrimger to Harry. Um, no one seemed to find Scrimger's pretense that he did not know Harry's name convincing um, and didn't find it natural that he should be chosen to accompany the minister when Jenny, Floor, and George also had clean plates and two of them have lived there all their life. And you can easily pick out which two they are. Red hair. Got down red hair. <laughs> like, so, um... He was not, uh, so, yeah, all right, said Harry. Um, He was not fooled. This must be the reason they had come, so that Scrimger could talk to Harry alone. It's fine, he said quietly to Remus, who had half risen up from his chair, because hashtag dads. Um, Fine, he said to Mrs. Weasley, as he opened his mouth to speak, because, again, father figures at that one play that wants to act like he ain't had none. (laughs) He had nobody. He Nobody. Just had a he was alone the whole time. To yell at. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's talk about this. Let's not, because we don't have the time. But I just needed to point that out. Wonderful, said Scrimger. Um, well, we'll just take a turn around the garden, and Percy and I will be off. Carry on, everyone. So they walk across the yard. Um, Harry says that, or thinks that Scrimger looks tough and battle-scarred, very different from portly fudge in his bowler hat. Charming, said Scrimger. Charming. Uh, looking around the fence. Um, then he's, or sorry, looking around the garden. 
stopping at the fence. I've wanted to meet you a very long time, said Scrimger. Did you know that? No, said Harry. Oh, yes, for a very long time, but Dumbledore has been very protective of you. Natural, of course, natural after what you've been through, especially after what happened at the ministry. He waited for Harry to say something, but Harry did not oblige. So Harry is sitting here like, I know you have something to say, so I'm going to just wait for you to say it. Like, I'm not going to walk into your trap. I'm not going to try to, like, entertain you. Just get to the point. And so he says, I've been hoping for an occasion to talk to you ever since I gained office, but Dumbledore has most understandably, as I say, prevented this. The rumors that have, flowed, that have flown around. Well, of course, we both know how these stories get distorted. All these whispers of prophecy of you being the chosen one. So he's just like talking in circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, yeah, he's, he's just, he doesn't want to say it, but he does. And then he says, I assume that Dumbledore has discussed these matters with you. Um, Harry deliberates and then decides to say a bit of the truth. Yeah, we've discussed it. Have you, have you, said Scrimgeour. And what has Dumbledore told you, Harry? Sorry, but that's between us. (laughs) He said, I don't know you. No. On page, wait, what page are we on? I left my... 344? Yes. Harry Potter responds, ain't none of your business. None of ya. I just woke up my dog. (laughs) Oh, of course, said Scrimgeour. If it is, if it's a question of confidences, I wouldn't want you to divulge. No, no. In any case, does it really matter whether you are the chosen one or not? Um, and then Harry's like, what, what are you talking about? And he says, well, of course, to you it would matter enormously. Obviously, because, like, you know, his life and shit is maybe important. But to the wizarding community at large, it's all perception. It's what the people believe that's important. This sounds like mad Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, well, actually, did this come out first? I can't remember. Yes. But, like, uh, yeah, it did. I can't remember when the Hunger True. Games came out. Honestly, that's really why I said that. It came I really out pretty quickly. It was after because I remember asking for it and staying up all night and reading yeah. it. But yeah. I, it was definitely later was, in my teens. It was I guess definitely so. after um, Deathly Hallows came out. So yeah, for sure, that's true. Yeah, because that was before Deathly Hallows came out. Before I went to high school. So shut up. <laughs> only the summer before like i was literally going to high school that year okay i'll stop sorry things no one needs to know but to the wizarding community at large it's all perception it's what people believe that's important people believe you are the chosen one you see said scrimger they think you're quite the hero which of course you are harry chosen or not how many times have you faced humans not be named now the point is you are a symbol of hope for many the idea that there is somebody out there who might be able to, who might even be destined to destroy he who must not be named, naturally it gives people a lift. And you might consider, um, or he says, and I can't help but feel that once you realize this, you might consider it, well, almost a duty to stand alongside the ministry and give everyone a boost. Rufus Grimger thought. That's all I really have to say about this. He really thought that Harry would consider it almost a duty to stand along mm-hmm. the ministry. <laughs> like, I just, I just am like, why would you think? Anyway, so Harry is staring at, at a gnome and he's just like not responding. Um, and so Grim's just like, what say you? And Harry says, I don't exactly understand what you want. Stand along the ministry. What does that mean? 
Oh, well, nothing at all onerous, I assure you, said Scrimger. If you were to be seen popping in and out of the ministry from time to time, like, in between classes, what? I'm sorry. He's still a child who goes to school. For instance, that would give the right impression. And of course, while you were there, you would be you would have ample opportunity to speak to uh, Gawain Robards, my, su- my successor at the head of our office. Dolores Umbridge has told me that you cherish an ambition of becoming yeah. an R. Well, that can be arranged very easily. That's when he played mm-hmm. himself, though. Oh, Dolores told why would you. he think in that I'm moment that, that name-dropping Dolores Umbridge would be the way to, to get what you want? Like, that just seems... And then also being like, Dolores Umbridge told me you have an ambition of becoming an R. Meanwhile, not even, let's say, maybe like eight months ago, she's on some, you will have no chance of becoming an R whatsoever. Like, on top of all the other terrible things she did, I just feel like, first of all, we can glean from this that Umbridge has very clearly changed her tune. She's like, the the wind is blowing this way, I'm already here. Hi. I Nice to meet you. Harry felt anger anger bubbling in the pit of his stomach. So Dolores Umbridge was still at the ministry, wasn't she? Or was she? So basically, he said, you'd like to give the impression that I'm working for the ministry. Also, is he going to get paid for this? Because, you know. This is labor. He got. He does not have student loans, but still. He doesn't. His his time is money. It's still something he should get paid for. Time is money. Especially if he's missing classes. Mm -hmm. Am I getting extra credit? Ew, Portia did bring up the grossness of Umbridge using the little knowledge she has of Harry to ingratiate herself with Scrimger, which is so true. Like, as Mm -hmm. the uh, political tides turn, so does what's her face? Mm She's gross. She's so gross. She's the grossest. Um, it would give everyone a lift to think you were more involved, Harry, said Scrimger. He is a the chosen child. One, you know. It's all given it's all about keeping giving people hope, the feeling that exciting things are happening. Again, this is not his job. He's a child. Also, this is very like again, he mentioned it. He's like, it matters to you that you're the chosen one. But like it matters to him in like a life or death way. It doesn't matter to him in like I can boost Confidence the um of- the confidence of these people, like, that's not why he, um, that doesn't matter in terms of, like, his thing, right? Like, I just, I, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's gross. Um, but if I keep running in and out of the ministry, said Harry, won't that seem as though I approve of what the ministry is up to? <gasps> well, said Scrimger, well, yes, that's partly why we'd like, no, I don't think that'll work, said Harry pleasantly. You see, I don't like some of the things the ministry's doing. Locking up Stan Shunpike, for instance. That's not the hill. Scrimger didn't That's speak not for the a hill, moment. Though. No, but he'll get there. Um I think that was just that's not the hill, it's the it's the escalation, right? This is starts small. And then he just piles on top, if that makes sense. I would not expect you to understand, he said, uh Scrimger said, these are dangerous times. And certain measures need to be taken. You are 16 years old, but you would like to use him without using, without knowing his opinion or hearing his opinion. You just want to use him as a symbol of hope, mm-hmm. but not want to get his thoughts on the politics of the... Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Dumbledore is a lot older than 16, and he doesn't think Stan should be an Azkaban either, said Harry. You're making Stan a scapegoat just like you want me to make me a mascot. 
And Scrimger says, I see you prefer, like your hero Dumbledore, to disassociate yourself from the ministry. I don't want to be used, said Harry. Someone say it's your duty to be used by the ministry. Ooh. Um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the direction you want to go. How is this dude a politician, I could have told you. Like, this is not good. Like, this is not even good. Like, that's not your stump. This is your stump speech? How do elections work in the wizarding world? Because I don't. They don't. Understand. Yeah. It's just like. Whew. But I just love. Also, I just want to point out again. Like, I want to point. Like, Harry has has some flaws. But his clapbacks are not one of them. Because he is. He's like, I. This doesn't make sense, sir. Like, let's walk through why this doesn't make sense. And then Harry says, yeah, and others might say it's your duty to check that people are really Death Eaters before you chuck them in or, prison. Or, can we get back to a, a, Hello. a, a cause to, to die on, or at least get injured on? Because this ain't it. Fire Dolores Yes, but also, umbrage. like, well, we'll get, get there. there now. You're doing, you're doing what Barty Crouch did. But, but he's not wrong, right? Like, we don't actually know what stands, like, we're um, inferring a lot from Stan's kind of storyline we don't right. actually and know. i understand but one of the reasons we don't know I, the problem is is that harry's not asking him to actually do some detective work and figure out what stan's alliances are and not just throw someone in he's saying well, he don't is, throw someone saying... in azkaban just to make it look like you're doing something but he's saying it mm-hmm. under the like with the like stan's innocence and that's well, yes, I think his 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 stance is that Stan is innocent, but then he is also pointing out that they, he says you're doing what Barty Crouch did, True. which is throw people in jail without a trial. So whether or not you think he's innocent, he still he deserves, deserves or, or guilty, he still deserves a trial. Um, and he says, you never get it right, you people, do you? Either we've got Fudge pretending everything's lovely while people get murdered right under his nose, or we've got you chucking the wrong people in jail and trying to pretend you've got the chosen one working for you. So you're not the chosen one? I thought you said it didn't matter either way. Not to you, anyway. I shouldn't have said that, said Scrimger. It was tactless. No, it was honest, said Harry. One of the only honest things you've said to me. You don't care whether I live or die, but you do care that I help convince everyone you're winning the war against Voldemort. Instead of going out and fucking winning the war. Okay. I haven't forgotten, Minister. And he raised his right fist, where the scars which Dolores Umbridge had forced him to carve into his own flesh. I must not tell lies. Ooh. I don't remember you rushing to my defense when I was trying to tell everyone Voldemort Ooh. was back. The ministry wasn't so clean to be plows last year. They stood in silence um, as icy as the ground beneath their feet. What is Dumbledore up to? Said Scrimger brusquely. Where does he go when he's absent from Hogwarts? Which, like, you can't have thought that Harry These would transition, man. How is he? <laughs> like, he really he thought that Harry would be like, well, actually, oh, Dumbledore is. Like, like, you really job. thought that was going to happen? I just don't, I don't understand. Just, like, yeah, there's not a diplomatic bone in Scrimger's body. <laughs> no. No. No tech. Harry says, no idea. Um, and then Scrimger's like, and you wouldn't tell me if you knew, would you? No, I wouldn't. Well, then, I shall have to see whether I can't find out by other means. You can try, said Harry. But you seem cleverer than Fudge, so I'd have thought that you've learned from his mistakes. He tried interfering at Hogwarts. You might have noticed he's not minister anymore, but Dumbledore is still headmaster. These reads. 
Well, it's clear to me that he has done a very good job on you, said Scrimger. Dumbledore's man through and through, aren't you, yep. Potter? Yes, I am. Glad we straightened that out. And then he turned his back on the Minister of Magic and strode toward the house. And, like, it's good. And, like, I just... Take whole, me to like, church! We can talk about... Like, we can talk about him being, like, Dumbledore's man through and through. And we kind of talked about just the, like, blind faith in Dumbledore. But also, like... The, the read is real. And also, a lot of what Harry was saying was more about him and not about Dumbledore. Oh. He just brought Dumbledore in to back him up. And then Scrimgeour's like, oh, you're Dumbledore's man through and through because you won't tell me what he's doing with his business, with his time. Right. <laughs> you won't tell me his business. So, like, in that case, hell yeah. Also, like, why would I? You there's did not, like, you did no not reason do anything convince me. to deserve that. Yeah. Which is why, again, I'm asking, like, how does politics work in the wizarding world? Because that it he no that's not it he ain't the yeah. one that's not how you get constituents on your side nope not at all never has been it doesn't matter if you live or die just that people think that you're doing a good job then working I'm with sorry us. that was tactless people you think, think that we're doing a good job you think Ugh, the problem. Um, all right. MVPs and benched. Harry, James Potter. For that re like way to end the ch- like you know, I was leaning Harry the whole time, and then Remus was like, "Hi, I'm here," and I was like, "You are here, Remus, and you are mm-hmm. doing things." And then Harry was like, "What's up with Thompson Patronus?" <laughs> and I was like. That's right, Remus. <laughs> you're not doing. You're not hilarious. doing all the things. <laughs> and then <laughs> Harry finished out the chapter with a bang. He said, "Give me, the, he give did. me this throne. Give me this trophy." He did do that. It's mine. He did do that. Yeah. Um, I made Remus my MVP for being a hashtag dad, and also just like. I don't know. I just, I really wish that he was in this book yes. more. Especially post Sirius's death. Mm. Like, I think, I wish he was in the series more. But, and I, and, but I do think that, like, post Sirius's death, I think it was, it would have been important for him and Remus to kind of, like, connect more. Also, again, like, just, we've talked, I feel like we've mentioned this, but, like, Prisoner of Azkaban is a lot more about Harry and Remus's relationship than it is about Harry and Sirius. But then all of a sudden after that, Harry doesn't talk to Remus at all. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but I just like this moment where, like, they're, you know, they're celebrating the holidays. Harry can talk to him about things that he's learned about Malfoy and them. And he can also bring up stuff about his dad without feeling, necess- like, without feeling judged. And, like, while he kind of doesn't want to keep his hopes up, he does know that Remus understands that and, like, gets it without him having to say it explicitly, you know? Um... And then also just the fact that, like, Harry's able to cheer him up with, by just, like, being himself. And, like, I just, they should just... I know this isn't out. what you're saying, but what I heard was, like, Remus is better than Sirius. And I know that's just me being in my feelings. And that's not at all yeah, what Yeah, no, because that's not what I mean at all. But... What I'm saying is their relationship was developed in Prisoner of yeah. Azkaban. Because the whole time Prisoner of Azkaban, they think Sirius is a notorious yeah. mass murderer. So there's just no work to, there's no work yeah. done. 
But if we're talking about things Harry, we wish the book the had time, done, not killing Sirius would be a good right. place to start. And it's not saying that I think that, and it's not saying that I think that Harry should not have written to Sirius and Goblet of Fire and should both. not have been want to looking for him. It should have been both because it, the work wasn't done other than like, I didn't kill your parents and you can come live with me. Like the work wasn't really done for Harry to then like rely on Sirius as heavily without at least Remus being there. I feel like just because they would still have to get to know each other. Yes. Um. So it's not so. It's not about. It's not about Remus being better than Sirius. It's just about like how the book kind of developed those relationships. And also, I just think that like Remus is often forgotten by the book and by Harry. Um. Just in terms of like his relationship with Harry, I think that it's um, something that's slightly different from re- from Harry and Sirius, but is just as important. I agree. I'm just in my feelings. So I also want to just say that the the Patronus's fandom is intact. Amani <sighs> makes Remus John Lupin his MVP for putting up with an ancient nephew who doesn't call her right, but still wants to ask awkward questions and get into grown folks' business while still being the best. <laughs> Delia also MVPs Remus John Lupin, a wonderful person, deserved better, deserved more, hashtag dad. <laughs> Portia is with me, though, and MVPs Harry. He cannot maintain shady, and she should know, because Portia is not only an intellectual, she is also the shade sorceress supreme. Um, I love that alliteration, but also I have a list. Hard to say. (laughs) Harry cannot Um, maintain shady, but the boy can read. The house down to fill. The library is closed. (laughs) Harry walked into the house and said, oh, it's a podcast. I took my glasses off. Sorry. He was, um, okay. Benched. Delia. Bench. Oh. I think that needs to be said right off the bat. <laughs> she was. She was all up in the chat being reckless with the feelings, <laughs> though. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I, I, I saw one and I was like, nope, I'm not even going to. I, mm, I, I, do it. Am, I saved it for this moment. I went into the agenda Mm-mm. to save it for this moment. We were in the chat. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Fred and George. And how Fred is George's wing person. See, and I can't even. And Delia felt the need in the chat while we're trying to concentrate and record. Felt the need to dot, 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 ellipses her own ass and say, for now. Girl. Nope. I reject it. This, this is a place of business. I mean, is it? I don't know. But still, <laughs> how to be professional. You over here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> playing fast and loose with my feelings. And just. No one asked for no it. No one asked for it. Beyond Delia, um, I also bench Rufus Grimger because. And everyone's going to get into like all of the other things, but I'm going to stick with the essential of. What kind of politician is just has no statesmanship, no diplomacy, no tact? Mm-hmm. And how do how do wizarding elections work? Because there's no way 
I mean, I guess there is a way since consider who clearly isn't gonna happen, but what is this? Wizard Brexit? Just letting anybody <laughs> Apparently. Whew. Yeah, I I bench Scrimger as well, just cause like it just Because obviously he's been trying to get a meeting with Harry since he got in office. Like he said that and also we've kind of seen like him and Dumbledore. He's been writing to Dumbledore and Dumbledore's been Dumbledore's been like, nah, and then he finds out that Harry is at the borough and goes behind Dumbledore's back to talk to a child. Like, it's just as, like, gross. And then on top of it, then to be on some, like, yeah, we could use you at the ministry. Like, being the chosen one is cool, and that's, like, a great image thing for us. Like, despite the fact that, ignoring the fact that, like, being the chosen one also means that you're gonna, like, die. And, like, you have to put your life on the line against Voldemort when, like, me as an adult and as the Minister of Magic, should probably be focusing and on that. And not thinking, like, trying to figure out so that doesn't have to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, Scrimger can, can go. Whew. So, Amani benches Rufus Scrimger as well, who wisely took up Harry on his offer to have several seats. Delia benches Percy. She trusts the rest of the team to bench Scrimger. So, Percy deserves a bench too, for doing his mama like that mm-hmm. and being an overall prat. In which case, Amani also said, he started to bench all the redheaded men, minus Arthur. So I don't know if we want to add that or not, but he threw it in there. What did Fred and George do? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Portia said, except George, Arthur, and Charlie. And Amani said, except Arthur, and Charlie's not in the chapter. <laughs> he was like, George can take that seat too. <laughs> well, because, well, we talked about this when uh, we were in New York, and, like, she just has, yes. she doesn't like ha- most, she doesn't like she any does of the Weasleys, except for, like, two of yes. them. And then, it, and even we'll then she just has later, lukewarm feelings like, for those two. <laughs> right. <laughs> she tolerates those two. <laughs> um, and then Portia benched Umbridge and Percy for being the literal worst. Yes. Is valid. Um, um, cool. Oh, wait. I can't believe I almost forgot. I was supposed to do this at the beginning. I, was gonna of, ask, um, I thought you were wait- saving it. I forgot. So this is not obviously counting the votes that we just gave and read out because, you know. Her spreadsheet game is good, but give her a minute. Yeah. Also, I count I count them on Wednesdays because, um, like, I write them down, but I count them on Wednesdays when I can count the other votes when people do them. So that's just my own that's our system. Process, in case anyone cares. Um, so, we are halfway through the book now, or were before we finish this chapter. Um, and right now, the lead, with 39 votes for MVP, is Albus Did Dumbledore. Really um, in second place, surprisingly, is Harry Potter. Um, and then in third place is Hermione Granger. Sorry, who was first place? Because he froze, I didn't hear it. Dumble, oh, Dumbledore. Yep. So Dumbledore, Harry, and Hermione are at the top right now. Oh, yeah, okay. And so then in the lead for benched is... Ronald. So Oh, that's so interesting. Well, no. Um, it's, re- it's, like, much more even and, like, kind of spread out. So, like, Dumbledore has 39 votes for MVP, and then there's 24 and 20 for... Uh, Harry and Hermione, but then all of these are like so. Nineteen is uh, Harry, um, so he's in the lead for benched right now. 
which is kind of hilarious. Um, and then 17 points is Ron. Um, and then 16 is Snape. Is Snape ever going to win a book? This is the one. I don't know. He was winning. He was winning before. And then I guess people well, were benching. Ron went Ron, off. I just wasn't looking at the went total. Off. Ron went off. AWS. He went off. And then, and then Harry is just, with his obsession, is doing the most. So I get it. Um, so yeah. So right now Harry is losing. But he's also in second place for yeah. MVP. But if there was ever a book for Snape to lose, it's this one. His namesake. It would be this one. Let's make it happen, yeah. people. Yeah. Give me birthday. Um, but then also close, close behind um, birthday? I can't Snape are <laughs> close behind Snape are Slughorn, um, Fudge, and Draco. I can see it. So, yeah. So yeah, just a little update to what. And if you do not, lovely happen. listener, if you don't agree with any of these, guess what? Vote. Vote. <laughs> Only once, please. Or like, and and but, and make sure yes. that you're voting, like, for actual people, not um, ideas or whole. Like, you can't vote for like Nazism. That's not. We're not putting that in the spreadsheet. And obviously, I mean, I will, but it's not like going right. to be counted really towards. Um, and then also because I recognize how I might have started off with as a bad giving a bad example. Try not to vote for whole like systems of people. So everybody <laughs> I think that's who I've benched. Like and, so like, so the one, thing is is like you can everybody do that. but Harry Potter. Like <laughs> Yeah. And so and so those are situations where like if you feel really strongly about Share. it, like go ahead. Just know just know that like it, if you want something like just know that in order for, and I will put it in the spreadsheet, but it won't count towards anything. Yes. Because it's not really quantifiable in like that way. Cause I'm not going to go down the entire thing and put one, 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 one on my whole spreadsheet. Cause you bitch everybody. Cause that is just, it's not going to happen. Um, so the more specific, the better, but sometimes you, sometimes everybody be tripping and I get it. Like they all just let this child so. get abused. And they all mm-hmm. deserve that bitch. And I stand by that benching. But, mm-hmm. you know. It's like when you when you vote for a third party candidate. You do it on principle. And sometimes the principle is worth it. But. You're not, you know, changing the outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also vote for uh, Sirius to be MVP. Sirius is not in the book. Don't vote for Sirius. Well, at least vote for Snape to be benched. (laughs) Well, see, and I still want, I still don't want Snape to win bench overall. I want him to win it for the series, but not for any of the books. So that's just like my personal thing. But also he has to get, like, in order for that to happen, um, he has to get benched quite a lot because uh, Umbridge came through. Umbridge, like on Marge, just... (laughs) <laughs> came in with she, she said, said I have a vision I have a mm-hmm. plan mm-hmm. and I have stick to itiveness I'm gonna I would I would like to sit down <laughs> I would I would like to sit down and I don't want anyone else to sit next to me mm-hmm. cool thank you for listening next week we will be discussing chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince a sluggish Ugh. memory 
Uh, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Donate to Bla- to donate to us. Help us. You know, we're about to be out of town at LeakyCon. And I'm, um, I'm poor. Just and we, general. yeah, like, yeah. Like, and we've been just getting getting ready ready for all of that stuff. Um, costs money. I just bought some ribbons. That shit was expensive. It was worth what yeah. it bought it for. It, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, but you know, ridiculous. But it costs money. So yeah, don't we'll just, send you us know. to Texas so we can oh. eat ramen. Send us to Texas so we can eat barbecue. Oh well, I mean, I don't. You they barbecue tofu or whatever. Catfish. <laughs> Uh, check us out at We Black and Nerds on Twitter um, at Yana underscore Hollows at Robin underscore Ravenclaw Facebook group Slack ch- uh, channels like talk to us we like talking to people online specifically yes <laughs> <laughs> make that clear <laughs> all right y'all goodbye right. bye. Time out. He Time out. Pause. What? That's Flocka mm-hmm. Flocka? That's who that is? You're going to cut yeah. this out, right? I'm going to cut this out. That's why I said time okay. out. That's Flocka Flocka, though? That's who yeah. that is? It's not just like some random dude? No, it's always been I Waka thought Flocka. at the most, maybe he was a football player. Because I'm racist, apparently. But he looks, he's got a football player. Play, Football player build. I thought Waka Flocka only had one eye. That's Fetty Wap. <laughs> Waka Flocka predates Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap only has one eye. Nice. So who's the one with the red braids? Lil Yachty? These are like people who are really not like connected in any yeah, way. So that's why I'm really confused. Stars. No, I do, I'm really sitting here like, what is the, what is the correlation? Because the I am They're really correlated confused. by being the people on the gifts. Oh my goodness. Whoa! The more you know. Okay, time back in. Wow. Okay. You might want to like save this though. Like don't delete this conversation. Maybe it's like an outtake <laughs> at the end of the thing. Just because like. Because I don't know things. After the, after the credits, maybe just like move it. Because it shouldn't be right here, but, like, it's good quality content.